Dear baby listener, Goat Games is produced in association with The Network. Find our show and other great podcasts at BICBP-radio.com. Also, Goat Games includes many, many spoilers for every game that we play. If you don't want the game spoiled for you, we recommend playing the game and coming back to listen to the episode afterwards. In the meantime, check out a different episode, maybe, if you feel like it. All right, on to this episode. I played laser tag over the holidays, too. Um, nice. When was the last time you all played laser tag? It was probably, uh, it's probably three, or four, three yeah. or four years ago at a wedding. Same for me, I think. Oh, Except mine was I guess work. like 10 or 15, 20 maybe. I don't know. 20 seems like a long time, but not since I, I was, was a child. I was 15 years old or something like that. Laser tag... If there was a way to make laser tag accessible and for me not to be laughed at for saying I'm a laser tag player, laser tag could potentially be the finally be the hobby that makes me want to do something physical and strenuous and like stay in shape without having to force myself to just like run in circles or whatever. Laser tag a sport. That's what I've been saying. Yeah. (laughs) It just, it's, it's so. It's so good, guys. I, I just I, I was so sore the next day because I was like squat running everywhere and just like mowing down eight year olds um, with <laughs> with my laser tag gun. And um, I mean, I lost. I didn't. I wasn't the number one person. There were there were there were fourteen year olds there that were better than me, but the eight year olds didn't stand a chance. It sounds and, like you're um, describing Fortnite. <laughs> Fortnite. <yeah. laughs> It's true. Yeah. The eight-year-olds didn't stand a chance, but some of those fourteen-year-olds were. <laughs> They're born killers. Yeah. Quick reflexes. <laughs> yes. Did you pistol whip anybody? Oh yeah, that was my oh, main. Yeah. Mo- that was my. It's on, it's on. It's on like a, a wire. So you, I literally was just like swinging it around like a mail, like 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 a uh, like a flail, a flail. I mean, yeah, like a flail, flail mail, like flail mail. I was just wi- like wailing it around, just like a, a a force of laser flail nature that was just taking out prepubescent children all throughout the whole facility. It was a nightmare for them. And a dream come true for me. So <laughs> I'm very big into laser tag now. I'm going to become a professional laser tagger. If anyone wants to do a laser tag podcast with me, please um, submit a laser your... tag. <laughs> so please, yeah. I mean, there's, there's got to be the only one, right? Like we can nail a corner. We can have a niche where we are the only laser tag podcast. Um, what'd you say, Shiki? No, I'm like trying to see if there's actually one now. I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, Google like... it. Yeah, Google I've Laser Tag Googling. Podcast. Yeah. I, I've been Googling it, and apparently, yes, there is. Oh, Fuck! What? <laughs> there? There's more than one? We're this close. No! I'm determined to find a niche hobby that is <laughs> where I am making the... Where me and whoever wants to do it with me are making the only podcast of that thing. Yeah, we've we got have, the, the Laser Tag Podcast, Laser no Unfocused, uh, the Laser no Tag... No fucking these names... No, I don't want to. I don't want to say mean things about other podcasts, but these names suck. Um, <laughs> laser tag Why podcast laser tag out there. Losers. Yeah. yeah, let's let's start beef with laser tag podcasts. We're coming for officially. you. We're, We're coming, coming for, for you them. and your three followers on Instagram. Yeah, don't we can, don't yeah. we cancel yeah. like a, a certain group of people every uh, every. Every episode. So this one, this one, laser tag podcasters, we're coming for you today. 
Yeah, <laughs> this podcast is about making as many enemies as quickly as possible. I've always been transparent about that. I, I um, well, fuck. I thought that was I, <clears throat> cheeky. Enjoy the new enemies that you've made for joining us here today. Exactly. Oh, it's You're okay. Yeah, I'm here to make enemies by, no the, by the end here. of this. I don't want to. I want us. Everybody who listens to this after this to be like, all right. She's on the hit list now. She's on there. Yeah. Thank God. Guilty by association. Oh, yeah. Fortunately, it's just eight-year-olds. So. But a full That's disclosure yeah. at the beginning. What are they going to do? Cheeky yeah. may not associate with this, but however, she is. <laughs> They're going to Fortnite dance over you. Oh, God. Okay, that might that may be kind of bad, actually. <laughs> it was eight-year-olds, and I believe people named Thackeray was the... Was Thackeray, the yeah. Community True, yeah. The Milk Firsters. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Milk first. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Milk Firsters, mm-hmm. yeah. Did yeah. we have one other... Didn't we come after like dentists or something? Dental hygienists, maybe? No, but I will right now. (laughs) (laughs) Teeth are overrated bones. You don't need them. You know, if if dentistry was real medicine, it would be included in your health care. Oh, Oh, shit. Oh, Oh, that's actual real shots. Mm. I'll fire shots. Yeah. You're no better than chiropractors. I'll come at two at once. God dang. Um, yeah, I can just go buy vampire teeth from Party City, and I don't need my real ones. They do the job just That's as good. True. That's um, true. I don't need dentures. I, I five fucking dollars. I can spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on dentistry, or I can go p- pay five dollars, get some Party City party teeth, and I can eat fine for the rest of my life. They're just small, fragile bones. They're easy to replace. Fuck dentists. All right. <laughs> Glad we got that out of our system. <laughs> yeah, who's next? Someone give, me, give me someone else to attack. <laughs> oh, sorry, I didn't mean to unbutton my button. No, no. Unbutton more. Um, He's stripping. We got video now. When, Keep I'm going. Nerv- when I'm nervous, I touch my body. So like, I'm like, constantly fiddling with like... <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> I, I, I lasciviously touch my body when I'm nervous. So. Oops, I accidentally stripped. <laughs> do you do this at work too? <laughs> You're like with a patient. You're just oh, like, no. oh god, I have some really bad news to tell you. <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah, it's, yeah, I'm very popular with the patients. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if you gotta break bad news, at least do it, you know, sensually. <laughs> True. Um, that's um, that's the nursing creed. You know, like like doctors have like you know harm. Nurses is like break news sensually. It's, it's, I had to swear it on a Bible, uh, on a stethoscope when I get sworn in the nursing guild. It's Figio, and welcome to Goat Games, where we only talk about the best games. On Goat Games, we take a look at video games that are widely considered the greatest of all time, and talk about them. Are they great? What makes them so fucking great? Or are they just overrated? Let's find out. I'm your host, Alan Newton. You can find me on twitch.tv backslash figgy underscore O. I am joined today by Rob. Hi. Yep. I am Rob, Super Captain Rob on Twitch. I'm a variety streamer, accidental just chatter, and self-appointed speaker for an important public safety campaign whose mission is to save you from burning your own dick off by sticking it in hot water to try and make hot cocklet. Don't do it. You can catch me live on Twitch 
uh, Tuesday through Thursday, starting at 5.30 Central Standard Time, and Saturday at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time. If you want to come by and hang out, I would love to see you. And I do have an alternate take if that is too much. No, it's not too much. It's Someone <laughs> needs to be providing this valuable public service. Thank you, Rob, mm-hmm. for stepping up and being... Not all heroes wear capes. Some of them stream from their bedrooms. Um, it's true. Thank you, Rob. Uh, okay, next up we have Steve. Hi, I'm Steve. I stream from my bedroom, which was what Figgy just said is the other class of people <laughs> yeah there's, there's two people in this world yeah. <laughs> uh you can find me at twitch.tv slash steve for cheese when i do stream uh usually doing maybe once a week and uh that's about all you get with me so it's enough come join me when i do stream yeah exactly that's all most people can handle that's all i can handle no so, you leave people so satisfied that. for a whole week your <laughs> your stream is so fulfilling yes yes i get people through the week friday nights are crazy yeah we've been doing you know we've been doing a lot of jackbox lately it's it's kind of been fun man i streamed back jackbox once and it was a horrible experience like yeah most people say that but i don't know i haven't gotten there yet i look forward to it i mean like it was a great time (laughs) until like yeah some awful person came on the problem is i didn't do enough safety measures like you really have to be on like making it private and all this other stuff because like i mean i i'm a small streamer in like i got a rando come on came on and did i awful things so yeah the trick that we learn and actually you kind of learned this lesson the hard way for us so like we've done i think shiki and i both have done similar stream sense play games like jackbox you should play in just chatting if you play them in that jackbox category there are people who troll that category to be awful um, but they don't do the same in just chatting, so you can play them safely there. Oh, huh. Duly noted. So, guys, if you want to, if you want to watch me get trolled in a future Jackbox video, <laughs> make sure you show up. No, you do not. Don't invite that on yourself. It is not pleasant trolling. It is like awful. It was no, pretty I know, awful. I know. Yeah. I've seen it. I've seen it. I'm yeah, joking. Yeah, yeah. I'm joking. Um, don't be mean. Don't be mean. Oh man. Don't be mean. Don't be mean. There's words to live. Don't be mean to me. I, I'm very sensitive. I, when I end stream, I usually just turn the camera off, shut the laptop. And I just cry. Sometimes he does like it in the middle of the minutes. podcast recording. I just... I've actually I actually have cried on stream once, but I will not talk about that. So oh, I'm sorry, bud. Um, Steve <laughs> Steve's Jackbox streams are genuinely hilarious, though. I have had to, the fortune to, of being uh, there. For now, a now I feel like I got to talk about it. So I, I uh, no, and, and Shiki Shiki will know. I, I so my my childhood game was Sonic Two on the Sega Genesis. Yeah, baby. And uh, I never beat it before, and I've tried so many times, and then I beat it on stream once, and I cried. Wow, that's about all you. That's about all you'll get from that. So, <laughs> so my chat continues to make fun of me for it, uh, but you know, yeah, I accept it. That's I accept lovely. it at this point. <laughs> that's the good cry. That's like the cry of happiness. If you want to watch me cry on stream again, guys, come drop me a follow. Subscribe. The more subs I get, the harder I cry. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to watch dick jokes and the triumphs of the human spirit please subscribe to um, jesus twitch i'm also joined today by zach hey i'm zach happy to be here you can tell in his voice how happy he is to be here you can hear the joy and elation I'm- Oh no! I'll probably uh, start streaming again just to spite Biggie. 
That's oh, yeah. like how I base <laughs> half my decisions. Like, will this or will this not spite Biggie? It's a if good yes. metric to live by. Um, it, I mean, like, it's worked. It's worked for me because I'm always trying to spite myself, my parents. My no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, my parents love me. They're wonderful, good, supportive. Shout out to Figgy's parents. Sometimes my I, sometimes I worry my parents were too loving and supportive because you know it's always like people who are successful. Always, Never mind. I'm not going to get into this. Uh, uh, yeah, you can spite me. Spite me all day. That's my thing. I love being spited. Um, I've got spite lust. Um, okay. And we are joined by a very special guest today. She's a wonderful... First guest. First guest ever. First non... People like us. Look at that. That's right. We have at least one At least fan. one person. We have one person <laughs> who listens to us. Um, she's a wonderful streamer. Uh, I'll let her introduce herself. Uh, Shiki, introduce yourself to the to the world. Sure. I'm Shiki. But Shiki's Khakis was my full... What was my full legal name? That you can find me at <laughs> twitch.tv. Twitch.tv at Shiki's Twitch.tv slash Shiki's Khakis. There's no at. Um, I stream Friday, Saturday, and Monday, although that might change probably. But usually Saturday morning is like the constant one. So, yeah, so I, I talk fast, really fast. I play games super slow. So if you like that, if you just like to talk, feel free to stop on by. I will be glad to see you. And I'm glad to be here. <laughs> yes, I often have her in my Saturday morning walk when I'm walking my dog. It's noodle and shiki time. Um, and uh, yeah, talk fast, play slow. I love that. You should make t-shirts that say talk fast, play slow. Um, <laughs> I was working on that. Idea. Then I it, it I had like the T and then I just stopped. So then because it was kind of it was just a little too slow for me. So I stopped at that point. Talk fast, talk fast, play slow, easily distracted. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Did any, have you guys? Has anyone played the game Vampire Survivors? Oh my god! The, gun, oh. the light gun game for uh, arcades and PlayStation no. Two? No. Or wait, no. I'm but thinking. Hey, of, I'm intrigued. But, sorry, I'm thinking of I'm Vampire intrigued. Night. Cheeky, has anyone here played Vampire Survivors? I wonder. I wonder who could possibly have 80 hours in this game at the moment. I wonder. Yeah. yeah I, I see you've been consumed as well. Oh, I see you fall into the void. I didn't even think it was going to be like that. Because. One of my viewers was Mm-mm. like, you should play it. And I was like, okay. And I played like five, like you know, a little bit on stream. And I was like, this is fun. And then when the stream deck came out, it was all downhill from there. I like played it for a whole two weeks. <laughs> like, oh my God. <laughs> it is, no, it, it, it is, um, it is addiction incarnate. It oh. is not a game. It is, I'm pretty sure there is a circle of hell devoted to where you just play that game endlessly. Cause it is the most addictive. Like it's. It, it, it looks like it. It, does, it looks like it's going to be like a, a, a game for grandma. Like it looks like so simple and so like yeah. Oh, whatever. What is this? What is this? What is this like shovelware app? And then your life is gone. You've aged eighty years. the The world has has ended around you. You you have a big you have a big white beard because you've been doing nothing but play this game. Anyway, that's what I did with my holidays. Is I ignored my family and played Vampire Survivors on my phone. That's um, the way no, that's to do fair. it. I ignored my family and played it when it when it like first came out for two weeks. They just didn't hear from me. They didn't talk to me because I would just my achievements were more than the average Steam average. I think like two hundred and forty three because they were all from Vampire Survivors, which is horrible. <laughs> yeah, no, it's um, <laughs> it's either the best game or the worst game depending on how you 
think about the world and your life and your goals because <laughs> it's it ends all of them. Um, oh my god! Now I'm gonna play um, so, this. And it's on. It's free. It's a free iPhone game now. It, it initially came out on i like on um yeah like on like uh, on the normal game thing. So now it's on your phone and it's game over. You just. There's nothing else to do. It, um, it's free on the phone. Oh no! It's, oh yeah, it's free oh on your phone. God. So just, when when you thought like maybe I could get away from my computer and I can stop playing it, no, it haunts you. It follows you. Oh yeah, it's with you everywhere. Yeah, I'm gonna download that afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have fun. Oh. We have to start over though, so all none of your achievements will transfer over. I don't know if that's a. Oh no! A, uh, maybe I just want that rush again. I kind of want to do the whole thing yeah. all over again. <laughs> just the whole thing from scratch. Yeah, you just. You just want to feel new and clean again. Yes. You just want to remember the world back when you were innocent before Vampire Survivors ruined it. Yeah, and then just get ruined one more time. One more. <laughs> just one more time. Yeah. I have a question, but I don't know. Maybe mm-hmm. we should save this for the podcast. No. Oh, this is the podcast. Are you not right. recording? Like, we, we are No, we are I'm, recording. Pod, I'm recording. I'm recording, right but I'm just like, I don't know. We didn't we're really dick go. deep in pod right now. All right. I have a question. What is? I want to know what everyone's favorite game they played this year was. Oh, so for cool. not, not, not game of the I year. We like should have done game a game play. end of the year thing, and we didn't. I did Sorry. for my New Year's stream. My New Year's stream was a tier list of 99 games that I played this year. So I know. You actually played 99 games? Yeah. That was like. What? Yeah, we ranked. Not, you can see it on my Twitter. It's 99 I games saw, that I, I played this year. I was there for the stream. I didn't yeah. realize it was 99 of them, though. Yep, <laughs> yep. <laughs> You went through the um, whole thing too, right? Yeah, we did. Yeah. Oh, uh, my number what one were your top five, or yeah, okay. number one. So yes, yeah, so you want we top three Z because I at the end we picked like the top three out of the S tier. Um, so my number three was Disco Elysium. Oh, hell yeah! Number two, Mario Sunshine. Yes! And num- okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that game. <laughs> and I number one it. was <laughs> number one was One Shot. I really loved One Shot. Oh, One Shot's a delightful game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's very, very, very much inspired by Undertale. Yep. Is that like um, indie? I don't, I don't think yeah, I know. Yeah, it's, it's like an very indie much oh, okay. an indie game. It's kind of like Undertale. I don't think it reaches the heights of Undertale, but it's clearly inspired by. Mm-hmm. What about you, Steve? What were what were your favorite game games game? I don't game know. I don't have like a list of five, but like it, it's weird. This is a really weird one. Like the game I keep like coming back to is Earthbound. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't I like know that. why. I don't know why. It's just that that's. No, like, that's I feel like fair. that's going to be the game that sticks with me the most this year that I played. Mm. Um, so I don't know. I, I st- I'm still playing God of War. I didn't get far into that. Um, the the new one, the new one. Yeah, um, yeah. I saw. I'm pretty. I still am not. Through I, I haven't started I'm... Elden Ring. So I, I mean I don't know. Oh but... my gosh, my sweet! Oh, I forgot Elden Ring came out this year. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, my answer's just changed. Um... <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. That's the one that's like I feel like you know twenty years from now I'm going to remember me playing that game the most. Uh, I don't know why, but maybe just yeah. because of the awful inventory, and I was sitting there for like eight hours longer than I had to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't remember anything about the game except just the backpack screen. Yeah. That is going to stick with me the most. <laughs> so maybe that's it. I don't know. But that's that's kind of where I'm at, I think. That's awesome. Yeah. Zachary? Elden Ring. All right. Yeah. Next. That's it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Elden Ring. Um, I'm trying to think of what I even played. Uh, I played Elden Ring. uh 
and then everything we've done on the podcast. Uh, I didn't really yeah. play a lot of games last year. Yeah, I didn't either. No. You know, I'm like yeah. half retired from streaming, so I don't really play a lot of games. Been playing a lot of WoW, Dragonflight Rules. You play WoW? I didn't. Yeah, know I've been WoW. playing. I've been playing WoW since it was in beta, bro. Wow. I don't stream it though. Shit. Like I don't. I, you know, I don't. Uh, I don't stream. I've never streamed it, and I probably never will. It's that's like fair. personal. Fair enough. You know, it's like, nah, yeah. this is where I go to not think about anything. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Plus, there's. Uh, like there's all kinds of things that can happen, like with the chat where somebody says something and then you're canceled. Yeah. So mm. yeah, 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 yeah. That's a sign of a good wholesome game. What <laughs> 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 uh, what what uh what are you what are you playing or what what was your favorite interactive entertainment experience of the year? Oh, that's so hard. I remember being asked that and answering it. That. So I guess like. None of the games that I've played that came out this year, I finished, honestly. I don't think, except for Vampire Survivors, I finished that. <laughs> and then, so I yeah. think, honestly, I played through a lot of, like, different series, like, old series that I didn't play. So I think, number one, I played through the Mega Man X series, and I think Mega Man X5, I think, is my favorite for the year, just for just for playing it this year. And then I think, what else? I played Link's Awakening this year, too, for the first time. I think that's going to be, Ooh. that's really high up on my list. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. Okay. That one was fantastic. The remake like, the, the or remake the new one? one. Or, the I mean, remake new one. one, yeah. Okay. Yeah, like I wanted to play the old one, but then since I was like, oh, like I could just buy it, I'll just buy the the remake yeah, of it, yeah. and that was fantastic. I think that might be like top three, and then like Poke. Oh no, I finished Ar- Legends Arceus. I did like Legends Arceus, so that's probably like in there too. Yeah, but I actually like that game a lot too. Arceus. Yeah, I like the- a good one. I mm-hmm. just beat that like I don't know three weeks ago. Oh man, or something. So- that was a good one. Oh yeah, like, like the open world. I feel like it's like. The open world aspect kind of like added so much. So much. Did you more, play like, the new one, uh, yeah. Scarlet or whatever? Oh yeah, I like played. And then you, I you like Arceus more. I I think honestly, I think I like Arceus more. I think or whatever. There's called, yeah. just because even though I think Violet has a lot going for, it, I think like Arceus, I feel like just kind of sunk more time into me. Even though I like the story of Violet like ten times more. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I think honestly that and um, it's a. Uh, it, it it's easier to kind of go through things because the game performs a bit better than Violet. But I did like Violet. The Violet's like a runner-up, I think, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I know that's like a debate, like which one was better because mm. I guess they were both pretty solid and slightly different from like gameplay elements and stuff. That, oh yeah, which is you know. Great. So it's like, well, which style did you prefer more? Like the RCS or like the Violet one? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Feels what like about you, Figgy? What was your favorite game of the year? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Elden Ring. I mean, it changed gaming and me and the world, and it's the best game. And, um, but some honorable mentions. Uh, I mean, so that's, I mean, that was also because of it was new. Um, I mean, I replayed Disco Elysium for the podcast, and that game is, will always be one of my favorites. That game is like fucking formative for me i mean not formative i played it two years ago when i was you know 29 so you can't I, I don't know what i don't know how long something can be formative for you i don't know what the cutoff is from being like a formative experience i don't know it was just a very good game and then um uh oh shout out to um case of the golden idol which I, is a super great um uh, a mystery game. It's one of the only games that legitimately makes you feel like you're a detective. I talked about it last stream, I think, or last podcast, I think, as well. 
I'm playing it with my wife, with Mrs. Biggie, who she, it's very hard to get her to engage with video games. So anytime I can get her playing with me um, is a very good thing. Um, and yeah, it's a, it's hilarious. It's it's a funny in its own way. It's it, nothing makes you feel like you're an actual god dang detective like that game does, except for maybe Return of the Obra Dinn. Um, so if you like figuring things out and sleuthing, if you if you fancy yourself something of a sleuth, that game is great. But so yeah, I guess those would be my three. Elden Ring is just the best game ever made, and then <laughs> Disco Elysium is probably like on the emotionalism scale uh, and like you know art or whatever art whatever the fuck. Uh, uh, Disco Elysium, and then Case of the Golden Idol is probably my. I guess you could say like my indie pick or whatever would be like Case of the Golden Idol. So, uh, and you know, uh, and you guys were talking about Pokemon. I I have tried to like I I, I streamed Pokemon. I can't remember which one. Pearl. I think you did Brilliant Diamond, Shining Pearl, which I will That's say right. I think that is maybe my least favorite Pokemon. Yeah, that, that was Sorry, SP yeah. fans. Oh, well, that's good to hear because when yeah. I, I, I didn't finish it because I was so – I did not enjoy that game very much. And it was so depressing because I hadn't played a Pokemon game since Pokemon Gold. And I was like, oh, wow. I'm going to play Pokemon again. And then I ha- and then I played Pearl. Pearl? I think Pearl. Mm-hmm. And um, was so disappointed by it. And I assumed it was because I'm so much older. Like, it was like – like, this – like – I don't know. I've never felt such a divide of like, oh, I'm just out of touch. Just, just people love these games and I don't like them anymore. It's because because I'm an old old man. And but I'm glad to hear that it was like the least. You should try Arceus. I don't know. If, so or, just or, for clarity, you played it on Switch, right? Right. Yeah. So that's a remake of um, DS games, um, and the remake wasn't even handled by Game Freak, and it's been pretty much universally panned. Well, that's good to hear. There are that's people who like it a lot. I don't think it's bad. I think for me, it just feels very slow. Um, and I don't know. Part of part of what killed it for me is that I replayed it after playing Arceus, which I liked Arceus a lot, but the story in Arceus just like murdered Pokemon stories for me. I can never tolerate them again. Yeah. The, the... Scarlet and Violet a little. Those ones actually have a fun kind of fast-paced story but oh my god it's so slow on brilliant diamond shining pearl um yeah i didn't play archesus or whatever um but Jesus. the pokemon story in general is just kind of i mean you know yeah whatever you're, you're a kid you're getting you're getting you're you're a dog you're a kid who does dog fighting <laughs> and sometimes there's an organization that's somehow more evil than that that you're trying to stop if you uh, wanted to know. Give one of the newer shots. I would actually say give Scarlet Violet a try. Mm-hmm. It's glitchy as all hell. Um, but the yeah, like heard, open world aspect things. of it is really fun. Like, despite the fact that it honestly should not have been allowed to release in the state that one, it is in, and two, I think it is probably likely to stay in. Um, I still think it might be my favorite Pokemon um over time, just because like the amount of freedom that it gives you the amount of pokemon it gives you is just so much fun um so i don't know take that as you will but duly noted well dear sweet bouncing baby barely 
eight pounds, six ounce listener. Today, we are talking about Bayonetta 2. Our dear, sweet baby Rob <laughs> as, uh, <laughs> has prepared a elevator pitch discussing the merits of Bayonetta the second. Rob, when, whenever you're ready, you can take as much time as you need. You're up. <laughs> Bayonetta 2 saved me from a burning building. <laughs> I was re-listening to the uh, disco the episode, episode today. I was like, I should do that. Yeah. Okay. This is the real pitch. Bayonetta 2 is the sequel to the cult classic Bayonetta and is considered by many to be a pinnacle of the character action genre. Released in October of 2014 as a Wii U exclusive and later ported to the Switch, the series gained notoriety for its provocative main character and praise for its fast and flashy combat. Bayonetta 2 follows the 500-year-old Umbran witch Bayonetta as she punches, kicks, and slow-mo pistol pirouettes her way through armies of angels and demons, passing through a mysterious old town, a holy mountain, the gates of Paradiso, and the depths of Inferno to rescue her friend Jean and maybe save reality? That part's a little bit confusing. Fans of Bayonetta love the series for its camp and over-the-top style, its jazzy soundtrack, its unique enemy design, its intricate combat, which emphasizes combos and combos and precise dodging, and more than anything else, for Bayonetta herself, a badass witch in high-heeled shooters who summons demons with her hair and dances over foes without a care. And Bayonetta 2, specifically, has been praised for its faster pace and for smoothing out some of the more finicky parts of the first entry in the series. If you love frantic fights, which are easy to learn and hard to master, extravagant spectacle, and badass witches, you'll be hard-pressed to find a game that does it better than Bayonetta. Two. <laughs> I love the, um... You don't oh, everybody clap, clap it's okay? Okay. <laughs> it's, it's... okay. <laughs> Thank you, Rob. Um... That was, um, I was going to ask if the, uh, hair and care it was, yeah. was an intentional rhyme, but then you said, yeah, but then you said Bayonetta better. And I realized that the whole thing was like a spoke was like a, a slam poetry. <laughs> Just a read. couple of rhymes woven here and, maybe, and there throughout. No, it's, I'm putting slam poetry music behind it. In fact, if, if I could just get cues of everybody snapping instead, yeah. that would be Ooh. great. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so thank you, Rob, for the slam poetry. Um, that was beautiful. It was fantastic. <laughs> So let's do a little round robin and discuss all of our experiences with this game. Um, we can, you know what? Let's just start from now on new precedent. Let's just start with the elevator pitch person. Maybe. Right. That makes sense. Cause they've already, sure. they're already kind of, they can just like transition yeah. into telling us about like what, you know, cause they've already talked about it. They're already used to your voice and we want to hear more of it. So <laughs> sure uh rob uh, tell us about your experience with bayonetta so yeah i um first played bayonetta on the wii u and not when it initially released but i got a wii u like a couple years after the console came out and decided to pick it up on a whim uh the wii u one came bundled with bayonetta one and two so i played i just picked it up and it arrived in the mail and i put it in 
started playing one and immediately fell in love with the series. Um, I love Bayonetta 1, though it had some very frustrating parts, and I love Bayonetta 2 unconditionally. Um, wow. I picked it up again later on when it released on the Switch and replayed both games there. Um, and then, of course, replayed them both again for the podcast. So this was my third playthrough of the of both of the Bayonetta games. Um, I've played the third one as well. That one I have more mixed feelings on. Uh, but I still, it's one of my absolute favorite game series of all time. I've been playing them for years and will continue to play them as they keep making more. Nice. Unconditionally, huh? Like a child. Like, like if, a you little had, bit, if, yeah. if you had a daughter, it'd be like Bayonetta and your daughter. Mm-hmm. Like you, got it. Okay. Um, <clears throat> let's see. Uh, I guess I'll talk about my experience with Bayonetta. It's very short. I was, I knew about Bayonetta. I knew like the broad strokes of you're a sexy witch who fights demons and angels. And um, that was it. And then um, I, I, I know it's beloved by many. And I never played it or done anything with it. And then Rob suggested we play it for this podcast. And this is my first playthrough. I finished it an hour and 15 minutes ago. Um, <laughs> right before the podcast, I rolled. Well, I, okay. I think you finished it. <sighs> did I, I did. I, I, okay. Well, I kind of <laughs> finished it. So I was getting everything all prepped for the podcast. I was writing notes about what I was going to say. My, I was writing my, my long-winded speech that I give every episode. Takes you know, uh, writing a dissertation. I was setting up my little sound area and then I meant to finish it today, but I didn't have time. So I watched the YouTube video of literally oh. the last part of the game. Okay. So Ooh. I mostly finished it. Literally. I didn't realize, I didn't realize just how close I was to finishing it because I was at the Ooh. gates of Fimblevinter. And, um, so like literally I was at the I didn't realize I was at the last boss fight. So but I so I, I queued up so when I went on YouTube I realized like oh I only had like forty five minutes left. But so I, I mostly beat it and then I watched the last boss fight and credits on YouTube. Um so that's my experience with the game. Uh yeah. So I was really novice to it. I I, I was aware of also some of the peripheral conversation mm-hmm. around Bayonetta, um, like culturally speaking, um, but I, you know, never didn't really engage with it much. So, let's see. Uh, Steve, tell us, tell us about uh, your experience with Bayonetta. So, I never actually played Bayonetta, any of them, up until, you know, recently for the podcast. But I actually do have, like, some weird history with the game. Um, Back when the game came out in uh, 2008 or something like that, I don't know. Whenever the first game came out... um. I mentioned on the God of War episode, me and my dad used to play all the God of Wars or whatever. Uh, so we were, we were like browsing yeah. the PlayStation store on the PS3 for whatever reason. And he was like, Oh, Bayonetta. I read about that game. Apparently it's like God of War. And I was like, Oh really? I was like, I don't know. It kind of looks, I was a kid too. At this point, I was like, yeah, I was like 14 at this point. A wee cheese baby. Um, so we downloaded the demo and then, <laughs> I don't know. We just, like I said, I was a kid and I like, we, we played the game and we were just like, what is this? <laughs> like, what is this? This is just weird. I don't know, man. So, you know, the, we kind of been memeing about the game for many years now at this point. Um, 
And then, I don't know, and probably nobody remembers this, but I, I do, because I'm a big freaking Smash Bros. geek. Uh, so at one point on Smash Bros. for Wii U, they had a character poll, and they said, you know, the fans will vote in for a character, and whoever wins will be into Smash Bros. And I was like, oh, well, that's pretty cool. There's, like, a lot of, like, characters that are, are still, like, not in the game yet that could easily be in this game. You know, they had, like, Ridley was one. K. Rule was, like, another one. Like those, like John McClane, sure, Dragon Ball, (laughs) sure, sure, and that was right around the time Nintendo just like announced Bayonetta two was like going to be exclusive. Now Um, it wasn't going to be on the PlayStation or Xbox or whatever. Um, So they announced the winner, and it was was Bayonetta, and I was like, "There is no way, (laughs) there is no way that freaking Bayonetta." got in over all these other characters which apparently later on it was proven that they like i guess sora from kingdom hearts was was actually the winner um which makes which yeah which makes more sense to me but they didn't want to do that because of like licensing yeah and i guess k rule did really well too so basically nintendo was like oh well bayonetta's fifth okay well we'll just throw her in the game um it was probably it was probably yeah exactly it's probably just like the easiest way to you know to go about it i guess i don't know don't ask me um but I was like pissed off from that. I was like, "Are you freaking kidding me? I gotta like, I gotta play this meme character I've been memeing about for like, memeing about for like, I don't even know how long, like five, six, seven years." Um, so I, I was a little salty about that. Um, and then Bayonetta three came out, and I was just like, "Whatever." Salty cheese. Um, then Rob suggested we should play it for the podcast, and like, it's always been on my list of like, you know, maybe I should actually try this game as opposed to just like memeing about it. Yeah, based off of a demo I played when I was fourteen years old. Um, no, 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 no. I always, I always encourage having an extremely uninformed <laughs> opinion about things that you shit on. That's like, that's the do the, not, yeah, if, the fig- it, figgy way at least is to just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I. Uh, I went back and I bought Bayonetta one on the PS3 because I, I had I had to you know I had to you know that that was the first system I, I played it on it was, so it was like it was more of like a mental thing I, I gotta I gotta end this journey you know of uh, playing it on that so I bought that and I bought it two on the Wii U which I did not know it came with one up until it came um, funny enough I put the uh, the disc in the PS3 for the uh, for Bayonetta one because I played both of them because mm-hmm. I was like if I'm playing two I gotta play one um so I put the disc in for the PS3 and it like wasn't working like at all like it, the game would not start <laughs> so I was like well there this was a waste of ten dollars whatever so I, but luckily, yeah. you know, luckily enough you know two came with one so I was like okay well so I played two or I played one on the Wii U and I played two on the Wii U um and I enjoyed it I mean, we'll go. We'll go nice. more into depth about. Can I? Because I know we're mostly going to talk about um, sure. Bayonetta two, Steve. Since you played Bayonetta one, I have a little experiment I want to run. Um, Cheeky will know what I'm talking about here. Do the words "stair fight," "awful stair fight" mean anything to you? It's my new band name. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, is it when those two claw guys? <laughs> Oh my god, dude! I I have never been so frustrated. I swear to God, I got to that part of the game, and I was like, "How am I going to beat this game?" A and B, how am I going to play two? I like I'm already pulling my hair out here. I okay. know exactly what you're talking yep. about. With those two oh, claw guys. I don't know what they're called. <laughs> okay. um, 
And it was just like, are you kidding? It, that part was impossible. It was absolutely impossible. I don't know how I did it. I don't even remember doing it. I just remember dying a million times and then just being like, oh, no idea how dying. happy it makes me, though, yeah. that I could just say stair fight and you knew what I was talking about. I, well, I, I had I had to like go into my, you know, first I was like thinking like spiral staircase. Like, I don't know what he's talking about. Oh, it's just a really guy. hard kind of bullshitty fight. And the freaking the Wolverine. One. Yeah. You like repress yeah. the memory really? until like it was just huh. brought out of you. It's, it's like not even a boss yes. fight. It's just like a, it's just like <laughs> yep. a random wave yeah. of enemies that like it's not even like at the end of the game or anything. It's like what? It's, the third it's level towards or the end of the game. It's the last. I love the first one, it, but like the remember. last five levels have some pretty bullshitty parts, which is a big part of why I recommended two right, over yeah. one um, because the like, I love those games, but the, the like last five levels of one are really, really enraging. Um, it's tough. Yeah. It's like night. I mean, we'll, we'll get into it, it's, yeah. but it's like night and day, like playing the two games. It's crazy. Okay. I'm actually really curious to hear about that later because, yeah, I have I only played two, and as yeah. we've established, barely <laughs> finished two. So, um, okay, and we didn't talk about Zach yet, did we? No, Zach, Zach, and tell us about your experience of Bayonetta too. Sure. Um, so I've always been a pretty big Hideki Kamiya fan. Uh, going back to Resident stuff. Evil, you know his uh, everything he's had a hand in is pretty good. You know, Resident Evil, Resident Evil Two, um. Then, you know, Devil May Cry came along and kind of changed everything. You know, I've really loved the original Devil May Cry. Uh, but I really, really started to fall in love with his stuff when he was doing uh, stuff with Clover Studios, which was like an offshoot of Capcom. Um, they did like Beautiful Joe uh, 1 and 2 and Okami. Um, they were supposed to do a fourth game, but none of their games sold very well. So Capcom pretty much just said, now nah, we're done. Um, so I really want to try Okami. I've heard Okami's gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, we'll 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 get to that. Uh, so um, I got really excited when it was announced that they funded uh, founded their own studio. Um, it was originally Seeds Inc., but then they changed the name to Platinum Games. Uh, and the first uh, game they had on their docket uh, with Kamiya was Bayonetta. So after playing Okami, I was like, oh my god, this they they are unchained now. They're their own thing. Um, you know, they're being published by Sega, but they're making a game they want to make. This is going to be great. Um, and then Bayonetta 1 came out. I picked it up for PS3, played it for about an hour, put it down and never went back. I hated it. <laughs> like, I just thought, nope. You know, whoa. I was like, this isn't Devil May Cry. Like, this is too janky. A lot of that I blame on picking it up hmm. for PS3 over Xbox 360 um cuz the PS3 version had a lot of issues um a lot of PS3 ports had issues so like uh, I think the most notorious being like Skyrim is just a terrible terrible game on PlayStation 3 um but I put it down never went back to it and then the Wii U comes out and I'm one of 5 dozen people in the world that owns a Wii U um Gamers. and you I know, had they one I was a yeah, I mean, <laughs> half the people are in this uh, Only five people own it. <laughs> yeah, have all five of them. <laughs> this is, that's how I selected the people to be in the podcast. Is I just found all the people with the Wii U and just brought them all together. <laughs> the Wii U convention? <laughs> Clearly, we're all people of terrible taste. If you owned a Wii U, you're a sick fuck and you're qualified. <laughs> But, uh, you know, then I saw, oh, he's doing the wonderful 101. Um, I picked that up. Love that game. Uh, if you haven't played it, check it out. It's really cute. Uh, 
and uh really just kind of slept on bayonetta because of just having such an awful initial impression um and when you said uh hey we're gonna do bayonetta 2 for the podcast so i figured well you know bayonetta 3 is in the news for controversial reasons uh might as well check it out see what's going on um and uh this is the first game i actually played for the podcast with my fiance um usually i stream the games uh in my oh. office, which you can now see. Um, or, uh, but this one I actually Beautiful. just played on the couch uh, with her because she was like, yeah, I want to check this out. Like, uh, I'll watch you play it. Let's see what's going on. Um, and I enjoyed it. I thought the gameplay was, you know, fun. But, oh, my God, I have never seen somebody just be outright like, what are we doing? Um, <laughs> and, you know, I tried to explain you know, um, she's just started like watching anime. Um, she doesn't really go for campiness and it's like trying to explain like, no, this is deliberate. This is supposed to be super cheesy. <laughs> like the entertainment is that it is so ridiculously over the top. You can't help but laugh. But, you know, she's just like. Why is her titties got to be out? Oof. And I was like, you know, uh, mm. and then when mm. listening to her. You know, I was starting to get a lot of the stuff like the you, Figgy, like your issues with um, fan service. I was like, huh, maybe there is something to this. And maybe I was too hard on Figgy. And now now I'm getting it on both ends. Two people I care (laughs) about are both going, no, the titties are bad. Uh, Well, okay, hold on. That's a very reductive (laughs) (laughs) summarization of my take on fan service. But I can't. Uh, But okay, I'm glad you're significant other is making you more empathetic to me anything that makes people like me more i'm a fan of so <laughs> i already liked you no, i know um okay yeah we I, I i don't know if we'll talk about the fan service aspect or not yeah mm-hmm. no i just you know just a little taste like i i enjoyed uh um i saw like immediately a lot of my issues were gone i was like oh hey this game actually runs this is great um and you know hey it's frenetic uh over the top hack and slash combat let's go nice all right. And our guest of honor, um, you're the only guest. So by default, you're the guest of honor. Um, no, just kidding. Shiki, uh, tell us about your experience with Bayonetta. And also, I didn't say this, but thank you, Zach. I try to say thank you after each person. But you're welcome. I didn't mean, I didn't mean to cut you off there. Um, no, you're good. I you're, was done. You're done, Zach. Shiki, go. <laughs> yeah, I was done. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, yes, yeah, so I think for my experience, so like, I honestly. I'm really honest. When I first, like, before I even played it, I did not even know who Bayonetta was. Like, maybe it's just, like, the fact that I just don't really look and keep up with game news. I just kind of... I first heard of Bayonetta, like, I think from Smash, like, when she was announced for, like, as a character. Because I was, I, I was like, casually into, like, Smash, like, Wii U. And then, so, I think... this is, The thing is, I'm pretty sure I bought the Wii U version at some point in my life. Like, I'm pretty sure, but I cannot for the life of me find it. I spent, like, I think, like, a day trying to look for it just to affirm that memory, and I could not... I could not find it. So maybe that's just I imagine that. But I think I bought it for the Wii U. So I'm going to say I did. And so then, <laughs> so then, so then, but then I didn't play it, which is like most of the games that I buy anyway. So then right. I think, yeah, I really for the Switch. Yeah, it's like a collection. I honestly see it. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's a nice game. And then mm-hmm. I just don't touch it. And so. <laughs> I feel so that like, in my soul. Yep. Oh my yep. God. <laughs> I wouldn't want to sully it with my gameplay. I have like a whole stack of like just games for like the PS4. And I'm like, I admit, I have to play these, but I'm like, eh, no, they just look nice. They just, it's just, it's the centerpiece. Like it's fine. <laughs> so then Ashley can yes, never listen to this episode ever. 
<laughs> Duly noted. Oh. I will. I'll bury it. <laughs> this is gonna be the secret episode. This will be the secret episode. <laughs> she will be very happy that the one episode she, <laughs> she debuted on was the like, secret episode. Like, no what happened? Like nothing happened. Just don't worry about. it. <laughs> yeah. No. Just what are you talking about? If you bring it up again, I'll have to kill you. Uh, Sorry, Shiki, go ahead. Didn't interrupt. That happens a lot around here. You should know. The fans can know this listening too. I edit out like 80% of the interruptions. Like when we're talking, everyone, like this podcast is everyone talking on top of each other. And then I listen to everybody's individual like things. Like that was interesting. (laughs) I I click and then also encourage to jump in uh, if you want to. Oh, yeah. Yes, exactly. I'd rather have oh, people cool, talking okay. too much than not enough. So, oh, that's perfect. But anyway, just so you know, I don't, yeah. it's not. I'm also a flawed person. Oh, no, I do it all the time. So, life. like, if anybody does it to me, I like don't mind it. I'm like, oh, like that's a mood, and I do the same things. I just chalk it up to we're all excited to talk about the subject. I just that's chalk true, it up to yeah. my rampant narcissism. But I like your take better. Oh, I was gonna say, <laughs> but other than Figgy, because Figgy's just a rude asshole. That's true. <laughs> you should <laughs> see him in person. Oh my god, yeah, my asshole's very rude. Go ahead, Shiki. <laughs> oh man! Was it? Oh yeah. So I think like um around like yeah. So I think when the it came out for the Switch, I bought it again because you know, and then I did not play it again. The thing was like right when it first came out, like twenty eighteen. Was it twenty fourteen or twenty eighteen that it came out for the Switch? I don't know. But 18. I bought it whenever eighteen. Thank you. Yep. So then I bought it around eighteen. Then <laughs> I don't remember when I bought it. But then so then I kept it on my shelf just like every other game. And then I think around Christmas of twenty twenty. You know, like the pandemic Christmas, I was like, let's just get through all my video games. So I was like, I finally I was like, let's just pick up Bayonetta and play. It was like sitting on my printer and I was like, let's just play the game. And then so I ended up playing one um, and I liked it. I was like, this is this is fine. It's it's you know, it's a it's a good game. I thought it was good. And then since it was both games in one like one package for like the switch, I was like, let's play two after that. And two, I like compared. I think it was also just coming out from one and then playing two. It was like it blew it it blew it out of the it, it like blew it out of the water i was like this is a great game so now and then i also happened to play it during christmas time around that time so ever since then i've played it every christmas time because it's a christmas game oh, so it's i played it so it's my it, it's a christmas <laughs> game it takes place during christmas so Holy i play shit, it every it year yeah that it, yeah, yeah i thought that was deliberate i that didn't even we pick like, up around on that. christmas we were playing because yeah. it's a christmas game i didn't pick up on that i mean spoiler i didn't pick up on a lot in this game but i one of the things <laughs> that i did not pick up on was that it was christmas because it starts with the forget about it guy getting christmas gifts so yeah that's right yeah 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 <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I love it. It's so good. And then so it's my third time beating it um as of this podcast. So because of I play it every year during Christmas. So and honestly, it, yeah, it's one of my one of my favorite like action games, I think, honestly. It's just it's a fun time. I just loved it all around. But yeah. But yeah. Awesome. Great. All right. Well. Okay. Who uh I'll I'll start it. I'll 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 warm us up. So for me, uh, the visuals were of this game were my favorite part of this game, and not for the naughty reasons. But um, <laughs> um, no, I just I just I love the aesthetic of this game. They just had a really great vision of just like everything being um, so flashy and sleek. Uh, just everything and just everything is just so. I mean, everything's over the top in every single way in this game, as you guys kind of alluded to in your. Um, 
uh, overviews of your experiences with the game. Uh, and the visuals are, I think, the most over the top. Everything is just like explosions and, and, and Bayonetta moves so fast and sleek and just feels so fun to watch. Um, and I love the design of the Angels and Demons yep. uh, or Infernals and I, Angels and Infernals. Is that their affix, official lexicon? I don't know. The good guys and the, the good bad guys. guys. One of the both bad guys. That's what I yeah, call them. It's, <laughs> it's a little bit more of a like gray universe, but yeah. Right. Um, but I love the pseudo steampunk aesthetic that they have, like the, the kind of clockwork gear work mm-hmm. aspects of them are really cool. I've never seen angels and demons done that way. Um, so yeah, I, I really love the way this thing looks. Uh, Bayonetta turning into butterflies mech suits panthers riding a demon horse everything is just so cool looking everything is like it, it to me this uh, this game is like if, if the, the visuals of this game are like if you went to a 14 year old and were just like what do you think is cool <laughs> and they just like animated it <laughs> that's what it feels like um so what do you all think about the visuals any thoughts on on the way this game looks the graphics the depictions anything like that no yeah, i really like the art style um you know, I thought it ran really well. Consider I played it on the Switch, not the Wii U. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought you I know, did as well. Uh, thought it ran really well. Um, I played it docked. Um, I never play handheld if I can avoid it. Um, so I was like, yeah, this is great. Um, but uh, you know, uh, it felt very, very Japanese, just the way it was presented. Like I could definitely see the Devil May Cry DNA with um, mm-hmm. you know the cheesiness, the over the top. Uh, nature of the protagonist and just even the way the set pieces were dressed i was like oh yeah like this definitely feels like um you know for those that aren't familiar like after devil may cry one uh camilla was not involved in the franchise anymore and it's like oh yeah it feels like a continuation from devil may cry one yeah Um, if you remember that like spider boss that started devil may cry one it's like literally the same design as the spider in bayonetta 2 yeah yeah. Uh, um, man, I lost my train of thought because Rob comes Sorry. in and he's just like, "You want some knowledge? I'm going to knowledge bomb all over your face." Um, That's what you do to us all the time, Zach. You're the guy in the chair. I know. It's- I got stuff ready to go for later. Um, but uh, yeah, like uh, as you were like like Figgy said, he's like, "Oh, these are really cool depictions of like angels and demons." Um, Ashley keyed me in on something really really cool about that because she went through Catholic school. She goes, Oh, those are the biblical um, interpretations of angels. Like if you read the Bible, they don't look like people like mm-hmm. that's They look like crazy like weird rings shit. and rings. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, that's cool. And I was like, Oh yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Cause in uh, Japan, even though they're not really uh overtly Christian nation, they're just like, yeah, we use Christian imagery cause it looks cool. And I was like, you know, that tracks for, for Bayonetta too. Yeah. Which Especially because I I have many reasons to believe that Platinum takes a lot of inspiration from Evangelion, which did the yeah. same thing. Yeah. Um, um, so, yeah. Yeah. Anno is always just like, they're like, why did you use so many crosses? He's like, because they look cool. Yep. <laughs> like, that's it. He's like, yeah. Two lines they on top of cool. each other. Two lines on top of each other. The coolest looking things. Um, yeah. No, I mean, that's a good point about the biblical. Um, the biblical depiction of angels because there are some parts of the bible that describe angels as like rings and rings mm-hmm. and stuff and, and, and like eyeballs uh, and... tons of many eyes yeah so I, I could definitely see how that was a um inspiration like 
And and I think like during my stream, Rob pointed out that like if you think of like these forces of being like machinations and just being like these kind of machine oriented, like like just there's something to be said for like evil being like machinations or like or, or in like and and also like order and chaos as a theme in this game that's represented a lot. And there's nothing more orderly than you know gears and stuff i mean i don't know there's probably more things orderly than that but like it's just kind of a visual representation of order and 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 machinations mm-hmm. and then versus like i guess well, I, okay. i'm trying to connect it to the plot which i spoiler i don't understand but there's also and, and trying to like weave those themes of order and chaos in the visual design as well um and just looking badass i don't know i kind of get the, i kind of get the feeling that most of this game was just how can we make it look cooler? Like, how can this thing be cooler? I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm just selling it short. But um, uh, so yeah. Any other thoughts about the thought uh, about the visuals? Uh, Rob, Steve, Shiki, anybody? Zach again? I have plenty. I don't want to like. I I can go ahead. Um, <laughs> no, yeah. Do it. So you, like, you be the leader, Rob. Yeah. So rise to the occasion. One thing going back. I have a couple things. Go. One thing going back to the angel designs that I really, really love is that like when you first run into the angels, you know, they're like big, but they have this very pristine look like they look weird, but there's a, you know, they're all like white and golden and shit. But then like, as you start fighting them, that part starts to fall off of them, which like, I don't know if that's a deliberate commentary, but if you wanted to use that as a deliberate commentary, I think it could be clever. I don't think the game does anything with it, but I really like that aspect of like these holy things. And then like, when you get past the shell of them inside, they're actually like just as kind of ugly, if not even more so than some of the demons that you run into. Um, which I think is a really cool visual touch of the game. Um, and yeah, I mean, of course, like I do love the design of both the angels and the demons. They all look so unique and cool. Um, I also think that the level designs are really fun. Um, like the game takes you through a number of areas that feel distinct from one another, you know, like, you go to Paradiso and it feels like Paradiso. You go to Inferno, it feels like Inferno, or you wander through Noatun, this like old ancient city, and it feels like an old ancient city. Um, so I don't know. I, I really appreciate the distinctiveness of the environments, and I think they all look fun, especially in some of the sections where there's like kind of a gravity mechanic where you can like walk on walls and stuff. Um, I feel like that always looks really cool. Yeah, so I think the geometry of the space that you mentioned, the walking on walls being upside down, mm-hmm. I think that that was something that was really fun, really cool. Of yeah, like yeah. E- even when they design this interesting space, they kind of are able to grind out more creativity from it because you're always like walking and like you're always th- thinking of the space in a truly three di- three dimensional way. Um, yeah, just really cool. Shiki, any thoughts on the visuals of the game? And if you don't, by the way, just a caveat: if you don't have anything to say, you don't have to have anything to say about any 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 individual point. I just don't want to. I don't want people to feel pressured. I just always give everybody an opportunity to say something. So, um, no pressure. But pressure's yeah. on. Do you feel anything about this? Have anything to say? Get out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly, yeah, I was like a, a lot of the a lot of the points that Rob was saying too. It's like it's like literally mood. I like particularly like how um. It's the concept of it because of the way, like, it's not, you're not specifically confined to, like, a, that you're just playing on the regular 3D plane. Like, you have, like, access to, like, pretty much anything, almost anything. They're, like, 
it's like if something seems accessible, it's accessible via like some way, shape, or form just because of the way like the plane is established on the game, which is really cool. And I also like how like it's because like like the variety of the places that you're in, it's like it never every I feel like every part where you go somewhere different just feels pretty memorable where it's like, oh, like this is the part in the game where I was here and this is the part of the game where I was here. Like I think I remember when I was playing on stream this year, like I had gone through the chapter select and I remember I was playing through it and I think I just accidentally skipped the part where you just went to hell. Like I think I just went <laughs> I went to like the part afterwards. And I was like sitting there and I'm like, there's something completely missing from this experience. And I was like, Oh, I didn't go to hell. Go to so hell. So I just had to go Yeah, I had to go I had to make a, a detour back into hell. <laughs> And I had to like just to kind of like be able to experience that again. But it's like it's very memorable. We're like, oh, this is like the almost feels like it's like it kind of mm-hmm. landmarks every part of the game, which is really nice. And I think that's like one of like my favorite parts. I suppose like I, well, I always I'm thinking about it in, like the the scale of the first game, which we can get to I guess over time. But I think it's like as opposed to the first game, where definitely a lot of it's, it's a little bit more constant. But I feel like it, every like once again, you go to like no, no, it's in and then like Fimble Venter, like Hell. Like, and then there's that one boss where you're just near, near Paradiso for some reason. And then, like, it's just, it's so many cool different places. It's a, I love that part, but. Yeah, yeah. the variety of, of environments are really awesome. And um, I, I like how you pointed out that the the way the game is designed, this kind of goes a little bit into gameplay, but definitely is also into visual aesthetics as well because the, of the way they encourage you to um, explore the space three-dimensionally. The, what you said about if you see something, you can get there is a really it kind of reminds me of like almost like open world designs a little bit in that way of just that like you know you can take your time in a lot of spaces and find little treasures mm-hmm. and stuff it's not unique to this game but this game does do it well and and because your character is often dealing with on the walls and ceilings of shit and, and shit in three-dimensional spaces it kind of encourages you to think in that way more so than a game that's a lot more linearly well i mean most games are just on the ground the whole time so i mean like <laughs> Um, so yeah, that it's cool how that also informs the kind of like the way your the mind the headspace your game your the headspace you are in during the gameplay. Sorry, burp. Um, Steve, do you have anything to say uh, regarding the visuals of the game? Um, I mean, we kind of covered everything mostly. Um, I'll just say a few things that stood out to me. I, I do like the enemy design. Um, specifically, I like the. Uh, the homie dragon with like the upside yeah. down face and like the two heads or oh, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't remember know that what guy. They're called, but <laughs> but uh, like I don't know. It, it, it's it's very unique. I think um, like you don't see that too often in games, at least. Um, the the places we obviously mentioned were cool. You know, hell or inferno, whatever it's called. I'm, I'm just going to be using broad. Yeah, no, it's don't. don't. They're called, but uh, yeah. So like hell was really cool. Um, I do like the like kind of gradient style of like the Renaissance cities too. Yeah, um, it's yeah, it, it it kind of puts you back in like a time. It makes you feel like I mean, I know sometimes you are time traveling, but um, you know, other times you're you're meant to be played in the <laughs> present, and it just feels like you're not. It feels like you're in the fourteen hundreds or whatever. <laughs> um, so I don't know. Yeah. Visuals, thumbs up. <laughs> we'll just cut to Steve for every segment and just a thumbs up. Thumbs yeah, up. it's just what we get. From. I will sit here and I will think about all your answers and I will give a thumbs up the or thumbs down thumbs on each category. <laughs> He's like the Roman emperor in the Colosseum. <laughs> awesome. One other thing about the visuals, um, I played this game on stream 
one time with um, my wife, uh, colloquially known as Mrs. Figgy, um, legally known as Miranda. And um, (laughs) she pointed out, and I can never not see it anymore, that Bayonetta basically looks exactly like Kylie Jenner. Um, (laughs) uh, um, No, no, wait, is it Kylie? It's not Kylie. That's not right. Wait, 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 wait. wait. I have to get the right Jenner. The matriarch? She'll look, wait. The matriarch, yeah, she looks like. I wait, see that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Isn't that Chris Jenner? Kyrie Jenner. Right? No, you're talking. Oh, about. it's Chris Jenner. Chris, Chris with Jenner. a K. Chris Jenner. Yes, with a K. Yes, that's the one. Yes, yeah, sorry. She looks like a. She looks like a young Chris Jenner, and I can never not see that anymore. Same haircut. Um, so I, I, in my head, canon. Which the story of this game kind of invites just making whatever fucking story you want out of it. This is the adventures of Chris Jenner is the way I'm interpreting this. This is before she became famous and the Kardashians became famous. This is the origin story of the Kardashian family is what I am choosing to believe about this game in perpetuity. So just wanted to throw that out there. If any of y'all want to jump in that space the going Kardashians. forward, thinking about Bayonetta is just a continuation of keeping up with the Kardashians, <laughs> please do. Oh, the things uh, I want to say. Kardashians, if you're looking for a podcast to sponsor, <laughs> that's all I'm saying. The Kardashiverse. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say, Steve? Oh, I just, <gasps> no, no, say it. Fucking say it in my face. No, 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 no. no so how does no, the sex tape play into this theory? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Is this the end of the episode? <laughs> Thank you for coming. Yeah. <laughs> um we're going to get canceled by the Kardashians. Instead of keeping up, we're going to be canceled. But canceled hey, I, with a K. I, 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 canceled with a K. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look, we took on laser taggers. We took on dentists. Kardashians are next. It's, 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 yes. yeah, it's us versus the world, gang. Um, so yeah, okay. Um, all right, moving on to, uh, Audio, how do we think about the game and the way it sounds in our ear holes? Uh, for me, that was the best part of the game. <laughs> I absolutely love the soundtrack. Yeah. Yep. It's the It's not J pop, it's not J pop because it's all in English. No, it's jazz. I feel like it has a... It's jazz, yeah. Well, there's jazz elements. Okay, what what always sticks out to me is the battle music is is the mm-hmm. is this like pop song that plays over and over. But you're right. Yeah, the actual diegetic, the actual like between things, like is pretty jazzy. Um, it's got that, like that smooth elevator mm-hmm. jazz kind of sound. Um, it's not as like f- like that kind of more upbeat. Like I'm, I'm getting into a world that, that is, I'm not going to try and put labels on stuff. But it's a different kind of jazz than like the cowboy bebop jazz or, or, or other kinds of more frenetic upbeat like um, bebop jazz. Yeah, it's a very accessible kind of jazz. It just feels smooth mm-hmm. and sexy. Yeah, which like me, lots, yeah, <laughs> just like Steve. Steve. 
Steve was the inspiration for Bayonetta's character model. Fun fact. If you all have not, if anyone listening has not seen Steve. Steve, Steve Chris Jenner for cheese. He looks just like Chris Jenner, but with the body of Bayonetta. Yes. Um, that is what Steve looks like. And the beard of a god. I had the pleasure. Yeah. What can I say? What can I say? Got it all here, boys. Got it all, man. Yeah, some people just, damn. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I thought, uh, but it also had 183 tracks on the soundtrack. That's fucking massive, weird. Yeah. Really? really? Wow. Yeah, the Bayonetta soundtracks are always released. Like, if you get them, they're in like four or five discs. And very frustratingly, they never ever include the like lyric songs. So the this game uses a like, That's, has like um... its own jazz cover of Moon River. And then the first one has this like incredible jazzy cover of Fly Me to the Moon. They're like some of my favorite songs ever, and you can't get them anywhere. What? Yeah, that's like those were um, in this game oh, yeah. that I played. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where? At that's the beginning <laughs> and at the end. Well, at the end, but you didn't. You They're didn't both play at the, the start and the end. <laughs> Which, like, shut up! Yeah, Wait, yeah. 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 Remember, plays like during that fight in the mm-hmm. on the plane, right? Where yep. you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I'm, I'm gonna yeah, give yeah. this up, B- Bayonetta. But yeah, uh, mm-hmm. Rob, that's a very mm-hmm. Japanese thing with like trademark mm-hmm. law. Like when it comes to music, is like um, vocal tracks and audio uh, instrumental tracks uh, are like copyrighted slightly different. So like mm-hmm. with a lot of anime vinyl, you'll get like the show's original soundtrack. Um, but like the artists that that do the opening and closings have separate contracts, so they don't go with the soundtrack. Um, like it's yeah. a very common uh, mm. like pain point for people that try to collect uh, music from video games and TV shows, anime, and all that. It's super frustrating because they mm. both of those songs. Like I love the instrumental music in this game too, but like those two songs just go so hard. Oh, they're so good. They are very good. I I, I have to say because I beat both games and then I went back to Smash Bros <laughs> to see if those songs were in Smash Bros. <laughs> That's what I did. And I figured they weren't going to be, and, and they weren't. But I was like, oh man, if they're in Smash Bros, I gotta crank the uh, the frequency up on those songs. <laughs> but I, they weren't there. So I think I did the same when I finished too. I was like, I wonder if Smash has these songs. And then they- yeah. yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I no. went to the my music thing. Yeah, you like, like you oh, put, I wonder if it's there. You put it like max. And then it was just like all songs I didn't even like recognize, just like generic like battle music. And yeah. it was just like oh, okay, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna leave it. Yeah, like <laughs> I remember um, what was it? Yeah, I remember like when I would when I finished, I would like I went to the try and find the songs to put on like max level. So I'm like, all right, if I go to this stage, I'll just play it all the time. But then there, yeah, well, there were songs yeah. that I was like, I don't even know if they had. Tom- Do they have tomorrow's mine? I don't even know. I know they have like Riders of the Light or something like that. Uh, oh, Tomorrow is Mine is on the I soundtrack. I, I know I, I messed with it a little bit, but I just oh. was like, yeah, off the like soundtrack. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. All right. Um, I was not listening to y'all. I was listening to the Bayonetta. <laughs> well, you covers. missed the best part because so, I was talking. <laughs> um, <laughs> we were singing it together. <laughs> Fly Me to the Moon looks like it's on Bayonetta. Yeah, one that's from two. one. Moon River is it the is. one in two. 
that Moon River cover was nigh unrecognized. I, I I didn't realize that's what I was hearing until like like halfway there. But it's really cool. Yeah. Um. It's really the, the style of this music is. I mean, defining musical genres is. I mean, very fraught and uh, beyond the scope of this podcast, probably. But it's not quite like what I would think. I mean, some of the more like like the parts when you go to the gates of hell is just straight up like smooth jazz, mm-hmm. like. But the, the the soundtrack. The reason I was like jazz when you first said jazz is because it's kind of a, it's almost it's like a jazzy pop. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's like pop with like like some like jazzy yeah. harmonies or stuff in it to kind of give it a more like just to kind of give it a little bit more of like a like a, a flare of of like sure. purpley jazz or something. Because mm-hmm. listening to these, like I was expecting to hear like a stri- like, like a straight up jazz cover, but these covers mm-hmm. that you like, that you would point out, like, the reason I didn't recognize them as being jazz covers of those things is because. When I heard them, I thought like, "Oh, this sounds almost like, I don't know, my limited understanding of like, maybe some kind of like J-pop or something." Like uh, that's what I initially thought when I heard yeah. it. Like when I was thinking about the sound of the soundtrack again, I know very little about I mean, J-pop. So, so I think like jazz, from my understanding, has a pretty heavy influence in Japanese music, though. Um, I listen to it does. a lot. No, it does. Of, it does. And so maybe yeah. that's where the confusion's coming from on my end. Yeah, no, the the my understanding is that the Japanese music scene loves mm-hmm. jazz and respects it. And, and, and the way they do like chord progressions and stuff is often more jazz inspired than what we, than again, going to be on the scope of this podcast. But, um, but yeah, no, I, I now, now, I that, now that I hear what you guys are, are talking about, I'm, I'm much more on board with yeah the, the jazz influences. But when I was hearing it, I, I have a question. What's up? Hit All me, right. Steve. Hit us. Uh, I was, just... <laughs> I have a question for the Bayonetta three gamers. Is there like a moon river? <sighs> Uh, fly me oh, yeah, there was. It's game. not as good, um, but oh. I like I said I have very mixed feelings I on was three um, because was there's it. no that good was... music in it. <laughs> 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 that <was> the only <laughs> criticism. <laughs> the jazzy yep. cover was mid. <laughs> <laughs> they just ran out of good song. You know. You know what it should have been. Uh, there's only two. Sh- there's only two good songs. Yeah, well, Find me the moon, moon river. Oh, no, what they should have done was just a jazzy cover of uh, "Bad Moon Rising." Would have sold gangbusters. Ooh, yeah. Oh. Keep it up with Ooh, the moon theme. I, I you know? like, sh- I'm, I'm here yeah. all week. Yeah. Game would, developers, yeah. you need ideas. I'm your boy. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking like Blue Moon type thing because I was like from like the same time, like era oh, nice. time. I'm like, but I didn't even think yeah. of that. Nice cool. I um I do like so in the, in the other part I I did like the orchestral music was very good mm-hmm. it served the purpose of kind of like infusing everything with for lack of a better word um, grandiosity epicness when uh, when necessary I did love the little sound cue that would play every time you came across I think particularly the angels and it mm-hmm. would be like this oh and like show like a book yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. That was a really great. That was a really great tag for each angel. Hey, Figgy in the future, uh, editing this thing, and I didn't realize this until I got the sound clips for the angel one. The demons have a sound clip too. I don't know why it didn't stand out to me, but if you listen to it, it's actually kind of a similar progression as the angels, but all dark and scary. Check it out. I do think um, that kind of brings me to another point. Uh, did you guys notice how kind of weird 
some of the demon names got. There's some pretty weird ones, yeah. Um, Pain, agony. No, so that part's um, normal. Yeah. Like, okay, right, right. Oh, okay. So, like, the idea is that, like, each <laughs> angel represents, like, some, like, good thing, like, justice or, like, whatever, like, or, or fidelity, <laughs> whatever the fuck. And then, like, the demons all what? have a name. That was one of them. No, fidelity. I'm fucking with you. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then, but then, like, and then some of the demons had, like, badass names, like, you know, or they had names that were like you know bad yeah, things, yeah, sins like or whatever, resentment like resentment. Or... So the demons all have like names that were like sin or, or bad things or whatever, like sloth, greed, resentment, blah 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 blah. And then they all have like a, a subtitle, um, which get weirder and weirder <laughs> as the game goes on. Almost like they ran out of ideas. So like they start off with like devourer of the divine. It's like yeah, okay, okay, that's cool. That's yeah, that's what a demon's called. And and then they just get like weirder and so like. Sloth, embracer of extremes. <laughs> what? <laughs> He's extremely lazy. A swindler of progress. <laughs> Resentment. <laughs> <laughs> Confuser of elements. <laughs> Greed. Like <laughs> I feel like they just, just like I feel like it's like AI generated titles. <laughs> they just like put like they just um, did that. You know when you get those like WebM files and they just have like randomly generated. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but otherwise, the what are we talking about? The audio, yeah, the audio is great. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, the voice set. Go ahead. I was Rob. gonna say before we get to voice set, there's also like the little like audio cues I really love. Like when you when you get to the the end and it like grades you and you get like a gold or a platinum, it makes a little. Ping. I love that yeah. sound. Bad boy. Or picking yeah, up yeah, rings. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I I like those oh, yes, little elements. Oh, yes, the Sonic yeah. rings. Why are there yeah. Sonic rings yeah. in So they're, right? they're halos, is, uh, actually. Sega was uh, involved in the first one, right? Yeah, they were originally designed by Sega, and they were just, like, picking up rings <laughs> worked the first time. There's, <laughs> just gonna... we, we already have the assets. <laughs> yeah, you already have the assets. Yeah. <laughs> they're supposed to be halos, because they're, like, angels, so you take the halos from the angels. Okay. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they live, that's what they call them. Yeah, but I had like half a million halos, and I don't think I mm-hmm. killed half a million angels. Oh, you, you, they'd have more than one. You that gotta, just you know, make sense. if that's you're ridiculous. an angel, don't be stupid, Zach. Like, stop being only bring one. What happens? What happens if you're having a day and you accidentally poop your halo? Are you just not going to have a halo for the rest of the day? You gotta have a backup halo. That's a good point. My yeah. Halo? <laughs> yeah, your poop doesn't come out in perfect yeah. golden rings. <laughs> I need to, you should see a doctor. No, 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 I need like, to go to the doctor. Like you, you accidentally poop in your halo, you know. And they come out this way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they come out the mo- most difficult way. <laughs> they come out. <laughs> it's a hole. The poop would go through. <laughs> oh, my. It would just fall through and then hit the floor, and then I would get yelled at for pooping on the floor again. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> just like the the the, the higher the higher lord is like, watch the carpet. Just, yeah, just watch the watch carpet. The t- <laughs> um, man, I feel like we're getting particularly off the rails this time. We're talking that about tracks. This game's it, off like, the rails. There yeah, that's true. That's true. Keeping in the yeah. spirit of the game. We're, I mean, we went from talking about the voice, the the the. The, the satisfying sound of, of winning a victory to shooting out halos through the floor of heaven in, in a minute. Okay. So, um, the voice acting mm-hmm. in this game. Um, okay, so I felt like Bayonetta's voice acting. I mean, she's 
the voice actor, not to get into the controversy of this mm-hmm. voice actress recently. Um, and we can if we want, but um, and at least for this entry, she seemed to be having fun with the role. She uh, mm-hmm. was giving it her all. I don't know what you did to piss her off, but whatever it was, nice. I kind of felt like everyone else's voice acting was not. I mean, I don't know. Like, I tried to be very. F- I tried to be pretty fair, but like the forget about it guy, the fucking forget about it guy. I don't know his name. I just call him Enzo. forget about it, and it's Enzo. That was it. Joe Pesci. Shit. But if it's that, I get torn limb from limb for eternity in whatever circle of inferno you witches go to if you break the contract. Forget about it. I'd off the fucking wing bastards all damn day. I don't forget know. About I I. Yeah, I love Rodin's voice. Um, the like, guy who runs this, the gates um, of hell. Yeah, I th- uh, for a minute I was like, oh, is that the dude that did Jet Black's voice? And I was like, I want this dude to narrate my everything. Yep, yep. He has a very satisfying yeah. voice. Oh, yeah. That LP is just what the doctor ordered. Diplomacy has failed. Thank goodness capitalism still has its place in hell. But no, it is not him. Um it's actually the dude that did the voice of, um, oh, what was it? I was looking at his stuff and I was like, oh my God, that was him. Um, it was, uh, I would love to, I would love to hear him in other roles because hmm. he clearly has a very wonderful voice. Um, it was, um, the, know. um, the walking dead game. He was the main character in the first, hmm. like the telltales oh. walking dead. Okay. Well, I think that's a much better show. I think that's a really good showcase of his, of his yeah. voice acting talents. Um, but yeah, he was, um, I mean, I, I so he, I, 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 the things I just kind of noticed being like, eh, uh, in this uh, of, of like the voice acting, I think may have been more of, of the writing or the direction of like the, uh, you know, I, I feel like the voice actor, Enzo's voice actor, the forget about it guy <laughs> was just told, to be like, Hey, you know, a New Yorker. <laughs> And New York is like, forget about it. That's, that's, go. And he's like, okay. And he just do it. Um, like, that's his, that's his, that's his stick. Just improv a New York guy and see what happens. I kind of love, love him though. He's, that's he's yeah. a, a fun. Uh, yeah. He's a very prolific, like actor in like everything. Like. Oh, you're talking about you're talking about the Enzo guy. You're talking about the oh, Rodin. Rodin is uh, played by. Uh, I'm probably going to butcher this, but a man by the name of Dave uh, Fenoy. Um, mm-hmm. like just looking at his like filmography, like he's been in a million cartoons. He's been in film, um, like actual films. Like uh, I guess he was really big in the Ben Ten. Uh, that hmm. that stuff. I'm a little old oh. for that, but like hmm. looking at his video game. Like it's like, oh my god, this dude's been doing video games since 1992. Wow, jeez, Louise. Wow. I mean, I feel like that's pretty common with a lot. I, I feel like the video game voice actors. There's a lot more of like people who kind of cornered the market mm-hmm. early and kind of like yeah. stayed in, which it. is part um, of the controversy. I feel that may be changing now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so, okay. Any other thoughts about the way this game sounds? Sound music, soundtracks, sound effects, voice acting. Anything else we want to talk I think, about? I think one thing that I really kind of liked was uh, how it's like for me, like a lot of the orchestral soundtracks were like weren't. I feel like didn't really stick out as much as like right. the I guess mm-hmm. the more pop ones. I but I feel like well. yeah, but I feel like I really did like how during bosses they would actually have a cue for when like 
when a phase would change, the the song would actually like pr- like yeah. evolve oh, nice. that next, next phase. Yeah, I think a lot of it ha- for a lot of the Balder fights, it would kind of like just ch- progress into like a higher, I guess like a I guess a different part of the song. And when I looked it up, I think they were saying how like they kind of like set it so that like I guess like the loop would work out that way, so they would have like a certain point in which like oh like they would evolve into this next part of the song. I cannot think of a specific example, but I remember specifically hearing it. And I'm like oh like it's cool. The song got like a lot more like gust like i guess like lively than it was before which is really cool so i thought that was really nice oh that's but... awesome i didn't actually yeah. notice that um with this game i've um seen that in other games but I, yeah that's the, the the way the game escalates mm-hmm. boss fights in general it just feels very i mean like it just feels like every boss fight is trying to outdo itself with how over the top and epic it can get um and the music is like a huge cue for that uh did you? Did anybody have any audio issues with this game? It could have just been me. It could have been my game capture card. But whenever, a lot of times when I was playing it, like audio would just drop hmm. out. Is that just me? Or it could have just been a me thing. I just want to know. If yeah, I never run into issues. that. I had some frame rate issues. Okay, yeah, that was I think it. I was anyone else cap- using a game capture card on Switch to do it? Do you have any, I did when I streamed uh, it. Yeah, streamings. And no issues there. Yeah, yeah same with me. Okay, could just yeah, been mine me. was fine. Yeah, yeah, I won't dock points mm-hmm. or whatever, which I do have points. I have a very complicated point system behind the scenes. Oh, no. I just want everyone to know that. Not again. <laughs> Not just thumbs up, thumbs yeah, down. Yeah, like thumbs up. Thumbs <laughs> um, no, so yeah, that was probably just on my end. Um, so, um, Okay, let's move on to gameplay. Unless anyone else has anything else to say about the audio. No. Oh, I have one more thing. One no, last hit thing. it. No, go I, as long as you I, want. I, Go off. I will say I'm like I'm tired of the panther sound. <laughs> oh my for- god! <laughs> <laughs> I fucking panther sound one more fucking time. I was going to talk about that with gameplay actually, but no, yeah, that is. Oh, uh, uh, okay. Well, let's use that to segue into gameplay. The fucking panther sound. Okay, so it's not the sound itself. It's the fact that they put the panther button on. Okay, on the which so time button, listener? Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. dear baby listener, if you're listening. So the way this game is, you're, there's a dodge button. You know, the not super invent. This game has this game has a way to move really, really fast. You, you double click the same button that is the dodge button, um, and you turn into a panther and you move really fast. That it's really satisfying. Yeah. Like I actually love the movement in this game. The movement in this game is something that I think they executed really, really well. The stupid fucking part is that the panther button is the same button that if you click once, you dodge. If you double click it, you turn into a panther. That's associated with this audio cue that I'll play right now. And then you turn into... Yeah, meow. or we can just all do it. Let's all do it with our mouths at the same time, okay? One, two, three. Meow. And you turn it, And you turn into a panther, and when you turn into a panther, you don't dodge. So that noise... That was supposed to be this cool that like so. Oh my! My dog is dreaming. Or he's oh. making panther noises. Oh, or he's making his panther noises. He's it trying to help. <laughs> you should just play that as the audio cue yeah. when you're. <laughs> just that's the panther noise. <laughs> I have to wake him up. He's going to be playing in the background of all the things, but I don't want to wake him up. <laughs> That's really cute, though. Oh. Hold on. I wish my dog was adorable like <laughs> when he barks. My dog's like, there's like a squirrel outside. God damn it. Get it. <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> Sad nudes. Okay, so where was my my panther rant? My pee rant. Um. So yeah, so the it's a really cool sound, and 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 when you're using it to get around, it's a cool feeling. It feels really good. But then, but because you accidentally turn into a panther when you're trying to dodge all the time, I begin to associate that sound with failure. Mm. That's that panther sound is the sound <laughs> of failure, and so. Why they couldn't just put it on? Like I'm fine if they want to put the dodge button on a cooldown. Like that's obviously a huge part of gameplay. Is like how fast can you dodge? Like what's the cooldown between dodges? That's a very intricate part of combat gameplay that you have to figure out. But don't make the punishment th- turning into speed. Like you just give me an artificial cooldown between dodges. Don't make it to where like oh you tried to dodge. Well now you're a fucking panther. Deal. Like that's not. That oh, that irked the shit out of me. Sorry, I, I would have just put it on the other shoulder button, but I like your yeah, uh, have an unused shoulder button. <laughs> 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 there are four and shoulder I, buttons there. Yeah, <laughs> so, I think the other thing that also it's like hard. That's like because if you turn, if you get the bird ability, yep. it happens in the air. Yeah. but you be and you become a bird instead, which is even yep. almost even worse because you're just stuck there. You have to buy the bird, the bird ability. ability. You have to buy it from the gates of hell. Yeah. It's not like something you get yeah. like the panther. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, which I actually didn't buy a whole time from the gates of hell. So this is, I, 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 I think we're square in gameplay territory now. Yeah. Um. I got by just fine by mashing um, the what? Uh, hold on, what's the switch? Um, by mashing like X and what B? Um, mm-hmm. I didn't feel like a, like I upgraded a couple times. I got some new moves and they look cool. They look slick, but like I felt like gameplay wise, like I wasn't really rewarded very strongly for like engaging a whole lot with the upgrade systems. Um, um, how did y'all feel about the gameplay? Uh, and I'll open up the floor. Um, I liked it better than the first one. Yeah, like the the gameplay was a yeah. big reason why I was just like, eh, I, if I'm gonna ride like the 10 FPS train, like at least make it fun. But um, you know, I was like, yeah, this is smooth. Mm-hmm. Um, it felt really good to play. Um, but for me, I just I really. Like, it did not, like, I was on the fence the whole time playing this game. Like, I was like, yeah, I enjoy the campiness, but, like, the gameplay is whatever. And then I got other weapons, and I was like, oh, holy shit, this game fucking rules. Yeah, the other weapons yeah, the are blade, so cool. The blade, mm, yeah. the blades yeah. are my favorite. Yeah, no, I, I put chainsaws on my feet and my hands, and I was like, you know what? I'm Chainsaw Man now. Fuck it. Let's go. Yes. Like, I like how you skate with, yeah. the, with the chainsaws on your feet. It's so cool. Oh, God. Yeah, did y'all get the one Steve. that's, um, it's like the flamethrowers that are also ice flow- throwers? I didn't know. They're that. so yeah. cool. You can put them on your know. feet. So, like, as they're like punch weapons or or just kick weapons, but then like if you hold the button down, it'll shoot out fire or ice depending on which mode you have them set in. They're really cool. I did not unlock that. Now I regret it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because I I just wasn't I didn't feel encouraged to try other stuff because like I was like I, the game wasn't. That's how I was. Go so. ahead, so, Steve. What'd you say? Oh, I was saying that's how I was too. It was just, I don't know. To me, like, the combat was very satisfying, I thought. But a lot of it was just, like, slam, trigger, and dodge, and win. Yeah. To me. 
I, I don't no, know. No, that's exactly. I, I mean, I, I know you guys are saying you had issues with like the dodging and stuff. To me, if I just kept slamming that trigger button like as many times as possible, it would work. Well, really? So I, I don't know. Maybe that. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's just me being brain dead or something. Or but savant. Um, yeah, I, I, like to me the entire. I mean, I got an Xbox controller, but I'm, the entire time I'm just like. And it would. You weren't t- constantly turning you know, into a it, panther against your uh, unconsensually. I was, but it would still dodge too. Oh, you can still like, pull off the I dodge know. from yeah. like the panther state if you time it right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh. Yeah. Yeah. And, and- so like it would just it would still like work for me so i mean a lot of the time i was just slamming that trigger mm-hmm. which was very satisfying the witch time thing was really cool <laughs> the witch time was yeah. really great um you yeah. mix those up with like the big fist punches and like the big kicks and everything um it's really cool and satisfying but like like i said a lot of the time i'm just sitting there just like and it was working so i wasn't really encouraged to try other weapons which i guess i could have um but you know when i guess when you play the first game and it's just like kind of um, you know, like you said, mm-hmm. it, there's frustrating parts in that game mm-hmm. where it's just like, ugh. And then you're playing the second one and things are working way better. It's just kind of like, <laughs> well, I don't want to trust my luck with something <laughs> else here. I'm just gonna keep cruising with what's don't working. Mess with so, um, yeah, uh, that's kind of my thoughts with the gameplay. Like I said, very satisfying. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, but you know, a lot of it just kind of felt like. Slam so trigger and I win. will say no, this, I, and especially like depending on the difficulty you play on. Like I normally play on just the normal one because I just want to have fun. But like this is a game that is easy to play, difficult to master. Um, so like especially if you're playing on normal, it's very forgiving. You can absolutely get through by just button mashing and having fun. Um, but like there are people who go so crazy in this game. Um, it is a game that rewards you if you are willing to put the work into it to like learn new weapons, learn what the combos are to do like the cool moves. Um, there's so much cool stuff you can do. It doesn't force you to, um, which I kind of think is a good thing. Like I think it's good that you can get through it with, you know, I think that it's good that you can experience it and, like it feels fun and cool stuff is happening even if you haven't taken the time to get good at it but that if you want to take the time to get good at it like holy shit you can go crazy you know yeah i that was like that's like kind of like my experience because i feel like when i first played it i like didn't do anything i just was like all right like i think it was the same i think the same thing as you where i was like like, i'm not gonna fix what's broken like it's just perfectly fine it's all the way through and i feel like it's which is, I guess, like, the other thing that I really like about this game is how mm-hmm. short it is, but, like, it still gets the point across. Because, like, if it's, like, it's kind of, like, you start off and you kind of don't really do stuff, but every year that I play it, it's kind of, like, I learn something new about the combat or I, like, try something new. Like, I think this is the first time that I played it this year where I actually, like, tried to use at least a good chunk of the abilities I bought. And, like, I've noticed that it kind of added a bit more variety when you were doing things sometimes. So, But it's, like, it's more of something that you, it's, like, like Rob said, it's, like, it's only if it's like it's optional, which is nice, as opposed to like you don't have to get these things to kind of make it work. So I kind of like the fact that it's like it's it's very iterative in the fact that you can come back to it and get better ranks and stuff just by getting more stuff and like trying new things. Yeah. As opposed to like, all right, like it's one and done type thing and then you just don't leave it alone for the rest of your life type thing. So I kind of like that. Well, I definitely add the yep. element of replayability mm-hmm. with like the rankings and the different items and stuff like that. Um, am I thinking of maybe thinking of one but they have like the different costumes from they like the Nintendo that, characters. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. They what? Oh, they both do. Yeah. Okay, yeah, like you could be, you could be like Samus. What? You could be, be Star Fox. Link. Yeah, you yeah. Can, I fucking yeah. missed all this shit. <laughs> you can get a change oh, off, I missed right? that one, but yeah, <laughs> I, I, I think I, I might have just only seen it a one then, because I think one. I had know one had alternate Link, costumes, but Samus Peach. It is in and both. Daisy? It's something that they added when, um, when like Nintendo got the exclusivity rights Fox, to Bayonetta two. When they reported one, they added the Nintendo costumes into that as well. They are also into, you have to buy, I think it's called the Super Mirror. And I think there might actually be a Super oh. Mirror 1 and 2 with different costumes on them that you can buy. Um, but then if you buy those, like, yeah, you can get some fun kind of classic Nintendo costumes. I think there's even a Chain Chomp one. No, the Chain Chomp is an yeah, item. Yeah, there was a Chain, yeah. Yeah. You have to go up in, right? Where oh, really? Like, oh, no, my- yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> But Figgy, you know, like when like she does like the big move and like the fist comes yeah, out yeah, of the yeah, portal yeah. or whatever. Like if you're if you're if you're like in the peach costume, that fist is like Bowser's. Oh, fist. that's amazing! I did not know that. That's cute. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's that's cool. so it's good. I love that. I'm looking him up. And then like I, I I was I was playing around with the Samus one Feels a little stupid, bit too because I could I um, bought them and couldn't figure out how to make them work. Some of the menus for like oh, fighting really? that uh-huh. stuff is a little unintuitive. I did, I, <laughs> I think I think in two I didn't use them, but I, like I'm pretty sure in one I just because um, what I did was like I I feel like I should try these costumes out, so I I would uh, load into like the a level and just do like the beginning fight with them, and then I would load back out and just like switch to the next costume just to see like what was different about it. Seeing um, these costumes, I'm looking at them now because mm-hmm. I missed them. Like seeing like Link and Peach on Bayonetta's uh, body <laughs> is just further emphasize these costumes i'm very familiar with mm-hmm. are just further emphasizing how ridiculous her like proportions are like, like i mean i already know they're ridiculous but then when you see like this is what a link costume looks like on bayonetta you're like that's not a human body that's um anyway like a particularly anyway <laughs> i did not i missed this feature entirely this is, this is great um but yeah, so going to talking about the gameplay i think a big driver of how much you engage with this gameplay is dependent on what you like in video game, mm-hmm. like what drives you in video games in general. For sure. So I am not someone that's driven by scores. Mm-hmm. I am not someone that cares about getting a high score in a video game. Typically, um, and unless it's a game that really actually vampire survivor <laughs> is a game that is an exception to that rule. Cause that game, but even in vampire survivor, I don't care so much about the score as much as I am like getting the upgrades because the gameplay itself is so engaging elden ring or or again we bring these games up all the time but i think that's fair because these games are super formative to the conversation of video games these days a lot of the fromsoft games if i get an upgrade or if i get a new ability it's inherently exciting because the feeling of like this is going to give me an edge in future fights this is going to like this is going to make these boss fights easier it's going to make me feel more powerful and this game, while everything, I think the gameplay feels really satisfying because it's just, they did a really great job of making things feel smooth and sleek and sexy. And it's really satisfying when you get these big hits. And then when you get the, um, when you get witch time and you get these big umbran attacks and you get the, cl- the climaxes or whatever <laughs> attacks and, um, or the torture attacks, the BDSM attacks, essentially, <laughs> um, you know, it all feels very satisfying. But then when you strip that away, the underlying gameplay feels like really, really I mean, for lack of a better word, easy. And again, I'm mm-hmm. not one of these like we'll get you know like get good gamers to where games like need to be difficult. Um, but I just felt like that this game didn't pull me into its systems. Mm-hmm. I think a good game can have really like you can have really like you can either 
a good game wants you pulls you in whatever way to engage when, in whatever systems it has, whether those systems are really complicated and obtuse or whether they are like very simple. Either way, the gameplay makes you want to dive deeper. And I didn't feel that so much with this game. And maybe that's just and I think if I was dri- the kind of gamer that was driven by high scores. I would be because I got stone and bronze for every level. I kept getting the fucking Enzo guy being like, it could have been worse at the end of every single level. <laughs> and I think if I was the type of gamer where like that pissed me off, like, no, I got to get a gold. I got it here. I assume Bayonetta is the highest level of plot. I got mm-hmm. a platinum on one level and Bayonetta was like, well done or whatever the fuck she says. Um, and so like, I think if I was someone where that drove drove me more, the systems would have been more enticing and engaging, but for someone like me, where it's like progress in the game itself or overcoming difficult odds is what drives mm-hmm. me forward. I just didn't feel very, I was like, I'm good. I'll just get health and I'll just keep mashing the B button and I'm fucking, I'm beating every boss. Like if not first try, like second or third try. Um, I mean, there is a harder mode if you need it. There is a hard <laughs> mode. More difficulty. But as I've established, <laughs> I play every game on normal mode with whatever save states they give me. <laughs> That's the figgy way, <laughs> and that's what I do. Um, so, um, uh, so again, like I, I think it, it may not necessarily be a shortcoming as much as like how you play mm-hmm. games will kind of inform how satisfying this game is to you. I think a really amazing game would do both to work. Like, like Vampire Survivors actually is a game that I became addicted to, and I'm not wasn't really driven by scores. I was given by the driven by the underlying gameplay. Like I, every Shiki can identify. Maybe she understands what I'm saying because she's played this game. Um, in Vampire Survivors, every upgrade I wanted so bad <laughs> because every upgrade makes you oh. feel so powerful or so cool and interesting. And like, I, like I, I would I would look up how to get every upgrade and every character and like and everything. And in Bayonetta, like what is there feels really cool and really interesting, but I don't know. There's something about the systems didn't make hmm. me want more necessarily. The I wish I had seen the costumes. That would have been cool to know. Um, but, Oh, one thing I did like about the gameplay personally is I do like how they, um, one thing that was really cool. And I, um, is the, how the gameplay constantly changed. You had your core gameplay of fighting, but then like, Oh my gosh, I'm riding a mech suit. Oh my gosh. I'm riding a demon horse through hell. That part was badass like oh now i'm in a fighter jet oh now i'm playing with two characters like i do like how they how even if the core gameplay felt a little bit lacking for me the they the the way they mixed up the different styles was really satisfying because just when i'm getting bored there's something new yep and um so i do really appreciate that aspect of it um yeah, i think that's something platinum's really good at in a lot of their games what else does Platinum make? I know I, I looked up what the the, lead, the original developer of mm-hmm. Bayonetta made, which is what Zach alluded to with the Resident Evils, the Okami, and those things. But what else does Platinum make? Near Automata, or the Nier series in general, is a big one oh, they're known for. Um, that's interesting mm-hmm. because that's another game that is beloved yeah. that I wanted very, very badly to like and could not click with. In fact, maybe we should just play it for the podcast so I'm forced I would to finish it. I'd love to play it for the I podcast. I hear it's yeah. I hear it's life changing if you play it. It's like it has all the hallmarks of something mm-hmm. I would like in a video game of just being like over of like being pretentious and story driven and those other things. And then and be, but they have so another switch exclusive I, I really liked uh, Astral Chain. Um, it's a cool one. It's pretty mm-hmm. much just Neon Genesis Evangelion, the video game. Though. Like that's oh, where oh, they're oh, just but... really like, yeah, this is our source. We don't care. You'll like it. That 
if you like Astral Chain, I will say this. The combat in Bayonetta 3 takes a lot of elements from the combat in Astral Chain. So hmm. they gotcha. clearly learned a lot of lessons from Astral Chain when they were making the third Bayonetta. I have that's good to know. I have no opinion on Astral Chain, but Zach? I mean hopefully you'll yeah, uh I I haven't played Bayonetta in. three yet. I'm waiting for mm-hmm. a sale. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I have I still have God of War in the plastic. That's how Yeah. No, I know. Oh, it's, it's time sucks. I hate time. I it fucking it's mm-hmm. awful. I'm not I'm I'm still getting through God of War. Um but Anyway, that's depressing. So, uh, <laughs> any other thoughts on gameplay? I guess one, like, just it has a really incredible variety, both of enemies and of bosses, um, which is, I think, a big part of what makes the gameplay really fun and interesting to me is like, mm-hmm. even if you're not mixing up your moves so much, you're like always running into new enemies who are doing different types of things. And I think that part of what's getting good about, or part of, getting good at Bayonetta, especially because such an integral mechanic is the precision of the dodge, which is what activates the, like, which time slow-mo is recognizing enemy attacks so that you can dodge with the perfect timing. So, like, the wide variety of enemies, one, just, like, keeps things fresh, It's and they're cool to see, um, but also, like, for me, keeps me on my toes and keeps each area feeling interesting and different because there's different types of things that you're fighting there. And you're learning how to fight that thing, especially if you replay that level multiple times. Oh, yeah. Like, I think when I think of that, I think the one enemy I think that, like, I was like, oh, I have to really, like, learn this one Mm -hmm. because I have no idea what to do is the one. I think it's um, it's resentment, I think. And, like, the one where, like, if it hits you, it turns you into a kid. Yeah. And then, like, yeah. Like, that one is, like, completely unexpected. Oh yeah. yeah, that was wild. That was really cool. I forgot. Yeah, about like, that. I remember thinking that, that happened. Awesome. I was like, "What am I supposed to do?" Because like apparently, like if you if you like don't escape when you're like the kid, it just insta kills yep, you, which is like what makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I like I remember I sat there and I was like, "Oh god!" But like it's interesting because like usually the game is very like oh like you know like it, you kind of like beat stuff up, you kind of learn it, and then once you learn, you kind of do. But I remember when that happened, I was like, "Oh god, what am I going to do now? I can't do anything." So like, oh, what am I supposed to do now? And so I feel like that was like a cool moment where it's like, oh like you it's like it's still the same gameplay and like if you dodge it on time you don't have to deal with that but it's like but if you don't it's like having to kind of like adapt to that when it's very sudden i think is a kind of cool twist on the gameplay and i feel like the variety kind of adds to it is really nice Mm -hmm. but i just thought that that's one of my favorite fights i think it's so cool yeah that was awesome yeah kudos to them so many creative ideas in the gameplay in this game um i just wish I, i wish the core gameplay resonated more with me because if the core gameplay was something that I was like stoked to play all to do all those extra features, like turning into a kid, that's why like, I, I totally forgot about that. Cause then when that happened, I was like, what? That's, you know, that's nuts. And then like, but mm-hmm. so Rob, I'm going to push back a little okay. bit on the enemy variety thing because, um, I feel like the enemy variety is largely aesthetic, which the aesthetics very cool. I absolutely agree that there's all these different looking enemies, but I feel like that I dealt with everything the same way. Again, I just felt like no matter what they looked like, I'm like, all right, I'm going to mash X. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to mash X and dodge. Here we go. I mean, (laughs) if you're just mashing X and and dodging, yeah, sure. But Uh, but but I I guess what I'm saying is like, as you get into higher difficulties of the game, 
that strategy is not going to work anymore. Um, so like if you play it on higher difficulties, you are going to have to learn those enemies. Um, also right. like what, if you play on the easier difficulties, can't you turn on like automatic combos and stuff like that where you can uh, just yeah. hit, hit a button mm-hmm. and go versus like actually trying to do combos. Yeah. Which I, I wonder to what extent that might've been something that Nintendo had added to the game. Cause I remember, I think this game came out at around this. I mean, it was it was a Wii U game, and I remember one thing they were doing with Wii U games was like with the Super Mario U series. Didn't they have that thing where you could just turn it on and the game would play itself for you? Um, yeah, just being ultra kid friendly and accessible. Yeah. So like the- oh, allegedly, mm-hmm. um, Nintendo had no involvement other than. They just came in from time to time and looked mm. at the game. They didn't offer any well. input, but who knows how true that is. <laughs> but then, you know, like, but to Rob's point, like Mario Kart on the Switch has the um, the mode you can turn on where you basically just hold a button. You never yeah. go off the track. And um, and I think it was the um, Super Mario Brothers U uh, for Switch brought... Um, Toadette into the game and she's basically unkillable. Oh yeah. Well, huh. and it, I, I think mean, Funky Kong in, in Donkey Kong was like a thing too, right? Hmm. In uh wow. Tropical no. Freeze. Yeah, so like, like there might one. be something there because like yeah. Nintendo's definitely been trending um at least with their marquee franchises where they want to make it as accessible as possible where you can play the game with one button. Yeah, but like yeah. I think it's good that that's there you know like we're all people who have been playing video games for a long time right sure we know how to play games but like there's people one who are new or two who may have various issues that make it hard to play games and i think it's amazing that they included accessibility options absolutely for people who need them yeah yeah i'm generally all what is especially in the wake of what was it uh playstation just announced what project leonardo that thing looks cool I'm not sure what that is. Yeah. Uh, um, so I, I'm generally. It's ahead. just a. It's an accessibility controller, mm. like for people that can't hold a controller. Um, like it's basically their version of uh, what Microsoft did, but like taken to a level that I don't think anybody has. Like I mean, like it's insane oh, cool. how cool this thing is. Oh, I'm looking at it now. That's awesome. Yeah, I think I am all for anything that increases accessibility, um, including and, and not just go. for. I mean, obviously for those who are physically unable to, you know, um, what'd you say, Steve? You're gonna bring up save states, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> no, yes, you are. I no. fucking know it. I fucking know where this, this is save going. Save states or accessibility in 2023, <laughs> Biggio. That's right. Yeah, for for people that are, uh, yeah, for people that are just have that are lame like me. No, but um, no, I'm not gonna bring up save states. I, I will, but I mean, not only just for the very obviously good, like making it available to people with disabilities, which is extremely important and great, obviously. Um, but I, I'm all for games that have like easy modes or or way, ways of uh, introducing easiness into the game. Um, my dad has just started playing video oh. games. My dad is seventy. What's he gaming? And he just started playing video games. Like he he bless his heart. He got Elden Ooh. Ring. Um, and he is starting to play Elden Ring. And uh, I, I don't know. So I'm just, I just I always th- I just think anything that makes games accessible. Get him to stream it. I want to watch. Yeah. This. <laughs> Uh, that would be no. <laughs> if he came, if I came, uh, if he came to my home, actually, that'd be a fun stream of, of 
dad stream. Um, anyway, we're getting way off the topic. Um, so, uh, any other thoughts on the gameplay? Um, in any way, be it difficulty, be it the. Any I, have a, on I have a question. I have one. Uh, What's up? I, I saw the main menu. There's like a two player co op. Yeah. There is. Mm-hmm. What is that? Oh. Mm-hmm. Cheeky and I played some of that to try it out. Did you? So that we could talk about it for the oh, podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shoot, we'll talk about it because I didn't even notice. Nope. <laughs> well, I guess I'll start. Yeah, because I yeah. So honestly, I like really like I well. It's interesting how like I didn't even think that like I guess co op in like Bayonetta would kind of work in a sense because it's like it's so chaotic already. So it's like having another person. I didn't yeah. know, but it I think it worked out really well. And I feel like yeah. honestly like it's like it's because it's what it is. It's kind of like you um it's a lot to figure because like, they don't. I don't think they really tell you how to how to play it. So you like mm-hmm. um you start up. And you kind of connect with the other person. And then so basically they have like, I guess, like five rounds and you can pick like, so they know the cards that you would get every time you beat a stage and it'd be like, the t- you can use this in tag climax or something. So those cards would be like specific fields that you could kind of go to and it would refer to different enemies that you would fight. And so you could, uh, like each person picks a card and then whatever card they pick is the set of enemies they have to fight, whether it be like a bunch of like those angel, like those flying ones that are like really small or like an actual boss. And then so whoever wins, well, it's like you both have to collaborate to beat it. But like whoever gets the higher rank is the winner of that round. And then that happens like and every time somebody wins, they get to pick the next card to go through. And then it had that kind of goes on until either you lose, which you have to start all over again, or you whoever we you go through all five and whoever wins wins. And I think you get halos based on that. So like, yeah, I don't know how many halos I did not even count. <laughs> I don't even know how many. So you're many not did. going through the story, though. Yeah, it's like it's definitely more of like um, it's more of like I guess like it's a lot more of like the collaborative aspect where you just kind of play it and like it's cool because you get to the characters that you get are like characters that are in the game, so you could actually play as like Balder in it. You could play I think as like Rosa I think also. I was gonna yeah. say who are you playing? It's really as? cool, but yeah, because when I first loaded up the game, I saw that option, and then the first level is I I believe you're you're fighting on the jet with John. Yeah. And I was like, That's oh, funny. this yeah. must be like the co-op. She must just be like following you around the entire game. But then she just like dies like right at the beginning. So I was like, oh, well, maybe not yeah. that. I don't I don't know what the co-op is. <laughs> um, so I, I was curious. Yeah, one, one, one player just sits in a coffin. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're, just, they're just watching. We have to wait for the tag in until <laughs> chapter 11 out of 16 it's, or whatever. Yeah. yeah, it's just a fun little, like, kind of arcadey mode that you can play with your friends. It's not a huge integral part of the game, which I think is part of why they didn't push it a lot and why it's not, like, one of the big selling points of the game, you know. Um, but it's a fun little thing. It's nice to have there. It's cool, like, if, you know, if you had a friend over and you wanted to show them Bayonetta, like, you could sit down and do that. Or if you wanted to, like, hang out with a friend over the internet and play it, works worked great or if you wanted to hang out with a random uh, person yeah, named I'm... andrew who was playing with you then you could then you could <laughs> yeah. just play with them i guess <laughs> you can get randos too which is which i don't mm-hmm. even know what that means because i don't even know like how they benefit from that too but it's just hilarious <laughs> yeah yeah i think i mean more co-op options i'm always a fan of i wish more games sure. could be more co-op yeah. games even if it's just arcadey kind of fun i, don't, I miss mm-hmm. that about old games um for sure um, one thing that actually real quick that got mentioned and I wanted to say it and I forgot somehow, no matter how much I talk, there's still more. Um, but the, uh, one thing I, I did not, again, I, I kind of like made me kind of bounce off the gameplay a little bit and it works in the favor of the visual side of the game, but 
Mm-hmm. I felt like the game was just so busy and chaotic that I often like would miss again. This could just be my dumb bad brain and bad eyes. I I, I felt like it, the game wasn't particularly hard, but when I, a lot of times when I would die, it would be because I was like, "What the fuck is even happening?" Like <laughs> that was especially if you're playing it on handheld where your screen, mm-hmm. which the game was not designed. Well, I guess it was designed. Oh for yeah, Wii U, it's meant but, for yeah. full screen. It's made for full screen, but if you're playing on a screen this big. Like a lot of times, I was just like, "It's just colors. It's just a bunch of colors. Like, what the fuck is even happening?" Um, which, um, so I, it, it was a little better on full screen, but even mm-hmm. full screen, like I just felt like again, games that a lot of games that are combat centric that are like they're very, very intentional about giving you both visual and audio cues, and you, like there were a lot of times where I like where if I would die, I would feel like, "Well, that was bullshit." And I feel like games never, you never want a game to make. A game should never strive to make the player feel like, well, that's bullshit when you die. Like you, the games that I think where it's that are executed very well, it's like, well, I know what I fucked up. Um, mm-hmm. So another little peccadillo about the game that you should play Bayonetta one. Cool. <laughs> should have played Bayonetta one. Yeah, man, y'all really hate Bayonetta one. <laughs> oh, no, it's all right. That's just I don't know. There's definitely like, like I think in Bayonetta one, I probably died fifty five times or something like that. Oh, yeah. I played Bayonetta two, yeah. and I think I died twice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yep. I don't think I died at all. Okay, yeah. Zach. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, I'm Zach's the god of the games <laughs> like you are, okay? <laughs> yeah, but lovely, luckily, safe states are baked into the game very generously. In the middle of a boss fight, if you die, it's like it takes you back to the phase you were at. It's, yeah. it's beautiful. Yep. Um, <laughs> uh, okay. All right, guys, let's talk about let's talk about the story. <laughs> The writing and the story of Bayonetta. I'm going to open up with a challenge. Okay. I want I want to see everyone's hands. I want everyone's hands up like he, up here, so there's no googling. And I'm and Rob and Shiki specifically directed at you because you guys are such huge mm-hmm. fans of the game. I want one of you, one person. You cannot tag team. Whoever wants to take up this mantle to give a synopsis of what's happening in this game. Because it is un, as far as I can tell, the writing of this game is like if you ask me to if you ask me to summarize like we did God of War in the podcast, I could give a beat by beat of like this happens and this happens and this happens and this is why this person is doing this. I want someone to summarize this game for me because this game makes no fucking sense. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna come out and say it. <laughs> I, I, and I want say someone. I, I'm challenging one of the fans to be like to give a concise sensical summarization of what this game have what happens in this game i will say i am so glad i played one before going into okay two. maybe that's it i did not play one because if i would have just jumped right into two i would have been like what am i doing i i would i, I have not played one which so is maybe that would give more context but i would argue that the series of events that happens just doesn't make much sense and that characters just show up and shit happens and you, there's no it just doesn't make sense so i want allegory for life figgy people just show bullshit. up shit happens no shut up bullshit i want someone to make this game make sense to me and i want you to do it without google or wikipedia okay. i'm glad right. i played one however i will say i felt the exact same way about playing one all right I, i'm looking at cheeky or rob at least two is like oh well it's kind times. of like a continuation want, from the things i, I didn't know what just, was happening just the way you would and just the way you would a movie oh this is what happens mm-hmm. in star wars just whatever just the way you would summarize a plot summarize the plot of bayonetta one of you go whoever wants to do it Shiki, do you want this or do you want me to um, take this i was gonna ask you the exact same question um i think you can take it and then if okay and then okay. and then uh if if a uh, fig is 
Piggy said that's no true. tag teaming. No, no tag team. But if no I'm dead, is that tag teaming? If I just die, and you take how over. quickly do you want them to do this? That's true. How detailed? Okay. No, okay. I mean just whatever okay. you can, whatever you can. Like if you're, if you, if you're, if this is so clear to you that you can get too deep into it, that's great because I feel like this is like too, uh, just too obfuscated to make any sense. Rob, you you can go. Okay. So the game opens. It's Christmas in New York. Bayonetta and Jean are shopping. Uh-huh. Um, angels that- attack them, and one of the demons that Jean summons goes out of control, and she dies. Uh, oh, when that's Umbral how she witches, mm-hmm. When okay. Umbral witches die, their souls get dragged to hell as a part of the contract that they have with the demons that they summon. But uh, Rodin, who is their like hookup for everything, can keep Jean in suspended animation, and Bayonetta can attempt to go into the depths of hell to rescue her. Uh, Enzo, the forget about it guy, yes. um, knows of a place called Noatun, where there is a mountain called Fimbleventer that they can climb to the top of and then go to a gate to hell there. So they go to Noatun, and whilst there, run into a weird, very annoying child. Yeah, little one. Oh my gosh, <laughs> fucking ass. Who... Who Bayonetta teams up with while they go to the portal because he seems to have something, although it's he doesn't make it clear what, but he has some reason that he needs to get there. Um, they get almost to the top of Fimbleventer uh, when an angel attacks them, and they get knocked all the way back down, but somehow managed to open a portal into hell anyways. That somehow. part is a little bit unclear to me. Uh-huh. Um Bayonetta ventures through hell and meets Alarain, who is like one of who? the very powerful Alarain. She's the like flower demon that you fight there. Um, at the end, you remember the that one, one who also at the poses? end of Inferno. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that's Alarain. Uh, she has, is keeping Jean's soul because she wants the power from it. Uh, Bayonetta defeats Alarain, freeing Jean, and meaning that Jean will be no. okay. No, 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 no! You've skipped a lot. I want to know what the what the Lumen guy was. I want to know what the the guy the Lumen's okay, boss who okay, dresses okay. in a in a in a soft cube mm-hmm, is. Mm-hmm. I want to know. Um, I want to. Uh, I want to know. The, 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 there's time travel involved. Mm-hmm. Someone is Bayonetta's dad. That Bayonetta's mom shows up at some point. I want to know what's happening in this game. You just skipped so- eight chapters. You just went. So there's Christmas. John so the, dies. Okay. She ends there's, up. She saves John. No, you, that, I want to know what's asked happening. For a synopsis. You didn't ask him to break down everything scene <laughs> he, by scene. He skips line, eight chapters. There, there is another plot line that is woven into it. So I followed that one plot line okay. through. Now, okay. When when Bayonetta runs into the annoying child, yeah, um, and he starts coming with her, um. You like cut to that scene of Weird Triangle Man who directs Balder, uh, which is the name of the Lumen Sage, um, and tells him that he can get revenge um, for something. Yeah, for something. Uh, <laughs> so he goes to Noatun. Balder is trying to get to Bayonetta um, because Triangle Man wants what she has, which is the red jewel that's here, which is one of the two eyes of the world um which are powerful gems that are related to 
Inferno and Paradiso and also related to like human free will somehow. That's I'm doing uh-huh. the best I can here. No, I know you're doing great. You're doing way better <laughs> mm-hmm. than I thought you were going to. Okay. Um, so Balder, while Bayonetta and the annoying kid, what was his? Yeah. Oh, it's Loki. Loki. Loki are like head of the mountain. They repeatedly run into Balder who fights with right, them. Right. And when Bayonetta is in hell fighting all Loki is on his own and runs into Balder. And hey, what's the fringe guy? Guy with fringe boots who just shows up and swings oh, in Luka? from time to time. Who just does <laughs> that? Is Luka, yeah. Yes. What's his deal? Well, he <laughs> he's just, a journalist. He's in the first game. Sometimes, he's, and sometimes he's not. He's in the first so game. He's, uh, yeah. Yeah, he's in the first game. He is a reporter. In the first game, he's, he's following a reporter. Bay- he's dressed a like a cowboy <laughs> with fringe <laughs> boots and he swings on All the reporters dressed like cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. This, that's the, yeah. that's the, the sign of a reporter in this world. Is they, they're wrangling news. <laughs> they're wrangling truth. Um, yeah. In, in the first game, he thought for most of the game that Bayonetta had killed his father. And then it's revealed at the end that he it was just the angels that he couldn't see that had killed his father. Natch. So he'd been hunting Bayonetta for the whole first game. Okay. But then All they right, like, so become the friends game. of the course of that. And yeah, he's from the first game. He's just here because there's some weird shit going on and the plot contrived for him to show up in Noatun. Sure. Um, Because there's a story to pursue. Um, It's fair. Oh, God. Okay. So, (laughs) all right. I'm going to do the best I can from here. You can Uh, stop at any time. (laughs) (laughs) Because now you do have to start getting to the time travel parts. Yeah. Okay. So... This game is also six hours long for the listener, like or eight hours long. Like 16, all of this is yeah. crammed into like okay. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's there's a lot going on. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like the points where you go back in the past, I don't really understand how those get initiated or why. Although portals to the past were a part in the first game too, so they may just be a thing that exists in the Bayonetta universe. Uh, but when you go back to the past, you run into Rosa, which is Bayonetta's mother, and mm-hmm. you are living through mummy, mummy. Uh, you are living through one of the like mummy. big wars between the Lumen Sages and the Umbral Witches that eventually ended up destroying both of them. Which is why Bayonetta and Jean are the last two Umbral Witches, and why Balder is the last one Lumen Sage. Okay. Although the earlier games had stated, if I recall correctly, that there are none Lumen Sages left. Gotcha. Um, Did the earlier games explain why they're one. why they're fighting each other? Again, I don't want to get too far in the weeds. I'm just curious if this is explained. That's all I want to know. Is, does it explain why they're fighting so, each other? In the earlier games, the Lumen Sages and the Umbral Witches, for most of history, had had kind of an understanding. They were the different sides of the coin and needed to work in harmony to keep balance. But at some point in time, well, a specific point in time, which is Bayonetta's birth, the clans fall into a state of disharmony because Bayonetta is the daughter of an Umbran witch and the daughter of a Lumen Sage, which is Balder. Which is Balder, The guy who's been hunting her this whole time. Um, And they are not supposed to intermingle in that way, which creates this war that eventually destroys the two clans as the now uncontrolled powers of Inferno and Paradiso 
continually battle each other in the middle realm that I don't remember the name of. Midgard? Purgatorio. Sure. Purgatorio. Oh, that's good. Oh, yeah. Like, sorry, um, wrong. wrong. <laughs> this game pulls very liberally from a lot of different mythologies, so I, I guess the wrong mm-hmm. one. Yeah, so sorry. Christian, uh, yeah, Dante mythology. So, Purgatorio. Yes. Yes. Um, but, yeah, so Purgatorio is kind of sustained by those two eyes of the world, which is what had granted the two clans their powers. So, Bayonetta's is one half of that power. Okay. And Triangle Head Man is the, like, god of their universe who had granted his eyes to both of the clans and now he wants them back so that he can remake everything if i recall correctly um it's explaining like the final monologue it's very weird and vague Mm -hmm. and humans are bad but then no humans are good and then yeah uh, it's i don't fully get it yeah but yeah you get you fight triangle head man and defeat him but part he like also is a god, so it was like hard to defeat him or whatever. And Balder ends up taking him into himself and then going into a portal to the past, where and this is what Steve was referring to. He or maybe is what Steve was referring to. He becomes the main bad guy from the first game. <laughs> um, so that was my best attempt at explaining what is going on in Bayonetta Two. I will give you credit. That was way better than I thought you were going to do, because this game, if you're not active, so, but Rob has a book on Bayonetta. The book does not explain anything, I will tell you that much. It's This game takes a lot of focus Mm -hmm. to understand what's going on. Like, I I joke around about being a bad gamer. I'm not a stupid person. I like story. (laughs) I I don't know. Maybe I'm just a stupid person. No, I agree. The plot is a mess, and it's hard to follow. Um, I've played this game three times and I still barely understand it. Um, and I don't, it's not like we talked a little bit earlier about how much platinum loves Evangelion, which is another infamously dense, hard to understand thing. But Evangelion, when I watch it, it has depths that feel worth plumbing to me. And as much as I love Bayonetta, I don't feel like there's anything below the surface of the confusion that is the plot. Um, which I, would I think argue is that the, mm-hmm. like the surface level is it. And that's, a, yeah. does, that's like, that's a choice that was mm-hmm. made. Yeah. I think it was a choice. Too. Like, it's not supposed to be deep. It's just no, supposed it's not, to be yeah. campy. And, and you weird. know, you know yep. what gave that away for me was when you load up Bayonetta one and it throws you right into a big fight. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'm fighting. And I'm like trying to figure out the controls and everything. And then like I'm halfway through this fight and I realize there's a narrator talking <laughs> yes. about the backstory yes. of what's yeah, going on. And too. I'm like, it's like yes. three, four minutes into this. And I'm just like, like whoa, so- I was not listening to a word you just said, buddy. <laughs> like, why is that a thing? They add subtitles. It doesn't even, I don't, I don't even think I can able to read yeah. it, though. I'm just fighting. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm fighting a giant, like, like, clock angel on a flying piece of debris through interdimensional liminal space. And then in the background, and it's like, and I've never played this game before. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. There's a there's a pretty lady fighting, like, these yeah. horrible things. And in the background, it's like, in the beginning. Chaos and in, in order merge to form the eyes. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? Yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's so much. It's, um, so, yeah. So, okay. Um, this is where I'm going to start to get my criticisms are going to start to get, yeah. I guess, spicier and spicier. 
I really, really had a hard time with the story elements. Both we've mm-hmm. so Rob, my my attempt to as a gotcha for Rob was the criticism of the plot of just like it's a lot of craziness that doesn't make much sense. It's very surface level. Mm-hmm. But that that can be fine. Like a game can like yeah. n- only be concerned with like hey whatever. Like the plot's just there to kind of get you along. Like it's just kind of you know set dressing for like the main thrust of whatever the game or or story or art or whatever it is that you're doing is. It's not really the focus. That's fine. Lots. I mean, you know, Super Mario World was a great game, and like there is. I mean, besides Q's, con- you know breakdown of the actual conspiracy of super mario world there's not much going on there like <laughs> you don't have to have a you, you, a game can just be fun um mm-hmm. but okay um if you're going to make a game that's just fun and flippant like let the story get out of the way the game yeah. kept stopping me to, to to show me all this random bullshit that like to me like didn't make sense or was just very difficult to grasp and and they want and it seems like they want me to feel things about these characters and I just like just stop just let me like just let me play the game or if you're going to make the or if you're going to have a story and the game's going to just kind of that's going to be set dressing and the game's just going to be fun don't let the story take itself very seriously and this game seems mm-hmm. to be taking itself very seriously um or at least all the characters around bayonetta seem to be taking it very seriously um i don't know and and maybe if the writing itself was like if the moment to moment writing not just the plot was more f- was was more interesting or, or better written. I don't think the I, I, the dialogue in this game, I just did not resonate with me at all. I go so far as to say it's kind of cheesy. Like a lot of the stuff that gets said. Um, <laughs> I mean, like literally like uh, the, 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 when Balder reveals that he's Bayonetta's daddy, he goes just once call me daddy. She does it like earnestly. Daddy. <laughs> like, 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 meanwhile, he's being sucked into a vortex of chaos or whatever, going back into it's like this game is like yeah, I don't know. I, the word camp has been mentioned several mm-hmm. times, and yep. I do like a, a lot of media that is really campy. Like I like things that are so bad they're good, but I just had totally did not grasp what was going on with this game. Like I was like, it it seems to want to take itself seriously, but it's not so bad that it's funny in that way, the way like the room or other game things like that Mm -hmm. are. But it also seems to be like, I I don't know. I I don't know. I I just didn't, the moment to moment writing wasn't very good and it wasn't. So like devil may cry has been mentioned and I haven't played Devil May Cry, the latest one, but I have seen scenes from Devil May Cry, the, the Devil May Cry 5, that are fucking hilarious. And I feel like that's the kind of tone that, like, would work better for this game of, like, a in Devil May Cry, you literally use a motorcycle as a melee weapon, and there's a dance number where you're, like, doing, like, Michael, I, I don't know. The, tonally, this game seemed very confusing. Um, I mm-hmm. Um, and Bayonetta as a protagonist didn't seem to fucking care. Like, I, I don't care about the stakes in this game because Bayonetta never seems challenged. Like, every enemy she comes across is like, oh, what's have a darling? Let's get this over with because I got somewhere to be. Like, she's never like, <laughs> she never fucking bro, cares she, about what's happening. She, she has never... a Christmas party to get to. It's <laughs> yeah. like underlying plot point where, you, where you're not paying attention. And yeah, and, and so like, she's got to get jeans so they could go to the Christmas party. <laughs> I, so, so it, I'll like, say 
All right, I'm sorry. I've been, I've been on I've been on the attack for a while. I'll, I'll calm down. Uh, like, someone else can can. Let's at least mm. explain why she's kind of like, look, hurry it up. I got places to go. Like they mentioned, she's like, you better not make me late for my party, darling. Yeah, and and I think if it was that, so it's like okay, either be funny, either be ridiculous mm-hmm. and over the top. Or take yourself seriously, but this weird middle ground where it's like, I don't know, like, I don't care about the stakes of the game. The game isn't really making me laugh very often. And Bayonetta doesn't seem to fucking care. I don't know. I, I just totally, I was really confused with this game. I, I'm sorry. I, I'll get off the attack. I'll let a defender rise up and, and champion the game because I've been going off. I'm sorry. He, oh, um, I will. Go okay. Ahead, please. I, I probably will say, I feel like it's interesting because like, for me, with like Bayonetta, it's like weird because I feel, well, I mean, I have, I guess, like, you know, I, I'm gonna put it up front. Like, I, I played the first game, so like, I, I have, like, I guess, like that, I guess a little bit of that. So, I guess, but it, from a standalone point, it's like of just playing Bayonetta 2. I think it's kind of like interesting how, like, it's like for me, Bayonetta, even though it's like outwardly a lot of times she didn't seem to care, there were like little small moments for me that she kind of felt like she did care. And it's like there are a lot, I think, feel like it's interesting because I feel like one of them is, um, it's the part where. I think she's like fighting all wrong. The, the 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 flower demon, you know, and she's trying to get like a yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, there's yeah. that part where like I think she beats her, and it's very like um, it's a very interesting like thing that she kind of does where she like it's like you know like John's soul is just sitting there right, and she should save this save her soul, but like instead of doing that first, she kind of like goes she tries to like kind of finish all run off at that point and then rodan's like hold up hold up one second i think you should go like save jean first and i feel like that was a really interesting moment where it's like oh like for for one specific moment it was like it kind of like she let her like a specific like she kind of let that logic kind of go away for a second just for specifically for like that anger of like oh like her not being there and i think it's like a little smaller moments like that, that i mean it's not i don't think they're meant to be like okay like you know you, sh- you should be looking at this really really closely because like, the, the plot never really kind of mm-hmm. indicates that at any point but i think it's kind of interesting where it's kind of like it kind of reminds me, I guess, like in a way, it reminds me a little bit of the combat where it's kind of like if it's like if there are points where you kind of want to look into it, you can. But for the most part, it's like very like general. But I kind of liked small moments like that where it's very, very small, but you kind of see things like that. And it's like, oh, like it's not necessary to really like enjoy it. But it's like, oh, I thought things like that. So for me, it kind of felt like she did care, but in ways that were kind of hard to hard to look at. If it's like once again, if the story's already so like out there which it is it's like it's kind of hard to see a lot of stuff like that but i i kind of liked it for smaller moments like that as opposed to the bigger moments which is like i think it's it also it could be as like a, i guess i'm gonna as a disclaimer I'm a, I'm a kingdom hearts fan too so i guess it kind of like i guess the confusing stories i guess yeah. i kind of like that well it's good that you yeah that it's kind of because it reminded me of that concept it, it's interesting where like elden ring you know elden ring i was just gonna say this but bayonetta kind of feels like a really weird in between of like like the way Elden Ring tells a story and like Kingdom Hearts tells a story where like Elden Ring doesn't really have a specific way of telling a story other than like specifically the lore, but that makes it really fascinating. And the fact that you kind of want to know more and more about the lore and like, it's kind of very like subtle way it tells it versus like Kingdom Hearts, which kind of tells you a lot and almost too much, but like, it's really complicated and they're both really complicated. And like Bane is like in between where it's like, they don't really tell you anything, but it's really complicated, but like not in the lore sense. So it's kind of like, so so it kind of reminds me of like a mid- it's moment to moment complicated. Exactly, right? Where it's like, it's <laughs> yeah. really weird, where it, which is, I guess, why I kind of still liked it, where it's like, it kind of reminded me of a mix of both ways of telling the story. So I kind of like, when I like, when I like, I guess I started consuming it like that, I, I ended up enjoying, quote, I guess, like, the story for what I was able to, to gain from it a lot more than if I was like, all right, like, it's just, I have, yeah, that's, that's my take, but that's how, yeah. Yeah, no, that's definitely, um, yeah, no, I mean, I hear what you're saying. Um, it, it's interesting you bring up Kingdom Hearts because I it's a good comparison plot wise because they're both like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> yeah. um, 
And, I, and well, it's also not fair because I played Kingdom Hearts when I was so young. I do would I would still say I like Kingdom Hearts. I don't know if I play Kingdom Hearts fresh, having never played it as an, like now. If I would, I would probably have similar complaints. I give like I would give Kingdom Hearts a pass because like it resonated with me when I was a kid when I didn't when I wasn't as analytical and broken inside. <laughs> and, like I could just be like, well, I don't care, wow, we like, and perhaps if I you know if I had, like approached Bayonetta at that age where it's like you can just like let that go and it's like i don't care whatever this is like fun and cool um i maybe i would feel the same way i do about kingdom hearts kingdom hearts also i feel like has a lot of heart no pun intended mm-hmm. um arguably <laughs> too much heart like, like i don't know this isn't a kingdom hearts episode but like it gets like so oh as a ton of heart yeah it's, it's nothing but heart it's nothing but like all these like big teenager emotions and stuff and bayonetta doesn't have that instead it has a flippant like i don't give a shit protagonist who like it doesn't have that to draw you in either. Mm-hmm. Like, um, but, but so, they are very similar in that way. Maybe if I had played them at a similar age, I would have like reson. It would have like hit me a little bit better or different. Um, Rob, what were you going to say about the, so I do actually kind of want to push back some against the idea that Bayonetta doesn't give a shit because I, I understand why you feel that way, but I think I would use a word more like nonchalance. Um, Bayonetta three or (laughs) Bayonetta is an incredible, she is arguably one of the most powerful people in the entire universe. If not, maybe the most powerful person in the entire universe, her nonchalance comes from like a kind of confidence, which is a big part of what I and other people who love that character love about Bayonetta. Um, if this is like, I don't want to get too deep into three, but like one of my big criticisms with three is that it does not hold Bayonetta in that same way Hmm. where like she feels more flappable in that one. And part of what I really like about Bayonetta as a character is, is that like unflappability, that confidence that like knowing that she's the badass in the room is part of what's fun about her. And I think, like, if every time a big enemy showed up, she was like, oh, my God, no, a big enemy. I can't take this. You know, like, she's not the same character there. And I get that that, that's a really hard thing to write around. And I don't think that the game does a good job of writing around it. Um, Like, I absolutely agree that the plot is a mess. I would would say I don't play these games for the plot. I play them for the character and the combat and the style. Those are what I like. Um like i i think you could i wish that the writers of bayonetta would look at would watch one punch man i feel like if you yeah, took bayonetta and applied that character to like that similar comedic style where it's like oh this guy is going to come up and be like i'm the biggest badass in town and then bayonetta just kicks his ass that's really funny um, right, and I think that's the tone that would service mm-hmm. this game better. That's kind of what I was saying. That the yeah. tone is confusing. That's what this game needs. If you're going to have like Deadpool is another classic example of a character who doesn't take anybody seriously because he literally yeah. cannot die. Um, and there's other characters that do well, that, that really and, well. Um, on top of that, he knows he's in a comic book. Yeah, he breaks the fourth wall. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, I think that's the kind of vibe that they should yeah. be striving for. But instead, they try to infuse it with a lot of melodrama uh you know yep. and and so i'm just confused i'm like well bayonet is not scared so i the player i don't i'm not scared of this thing like this giant scary looking thing um 
you know, but I'm also not laughing. I'm also, it's just totally kind of confusing. Mm. I I think they just strive to make it this ultimate power fantasy um, where, anyway, sorry, I interrupted you, Rob, um, but. No, you're good. I I I fully agree with you that Mm. One Punch Man or maybe Deadpool um, is a way that they could have pulled this off. And and there's there's ways to do like characters that are all powerful earnestly and it's still Mm -hmm. engaging. That's Superman. I I'm off, yeah. I'm off. I don't love Superman comics or whatever for that reason, but there are people who do, and they. And I feel like they, they, you can pull off being a god, like, like a godlike character, well. And I, yeah. So, um, yeah. being funny is one way to do it. And anyway, I do think that the game has some moments which, at least to me, are very funny, though. Um, the so the, one of the big ones, and I guess this like ties into another point. I. The character of Luca, who you'd mentioned earlier, the fringe guy, the reporter uh-huh. I guy. I just called him fringe. Fringe fringe man. Um, one of the things that I really love in Bayonetta is the way that it subverts a lot of gender roles. Um yeah. and that like Luca, who is the male character, is like this goofy doofus. Um and like I think a lot of games with a female lead would like give that that like masculine love interest like some moment to be masculine or whatever. Um, one of my favorite scenes in Bayonetta is there's a scene where like Bayonetta's fighting these angels and like slips and is falling off. And like Lucas sees this and like jumps down on his like grappling hook to try and grab her. And it like slows down time in this moment where it's like he's here and she's here and he's like about to hold her. And then he just slips through her and slams into a wall because she's in another plane and she like lands fine. Um, that moment to me is really funny, but I think it's also a really good example of the game, like taking that expectation of the male character and like the role they would have in an interaction with the female character and then subverting it for a comic moment. But yeah, no, I mean, I, I, we can talk about how this game handles gender and stuff if we, if if, if we'd like to, I mean, this, um, (laughs) uh, yeah, no, I mean, I think that's, I, I think, I think the game would, I think the writing would have, that moment would have worked better for me if I had just like laughed. I, I just didn't, I, yeah. I get what they were going for. And that's, I, it's, I think it's a matter of like execution mm-hmm. in so many cases. Like I, well, you're I just, right. I, that like I, it just, for me, maybe I just, again, cause I'm a hollow mm-hmm. husk of a human. Um, I, that moment just didn't like, I know the moment you're talking about and, and like, yeah. it was like kind of cute. It was like, ah, <laughs> but like. It wasn't funny enough. I don't know. Like, I, I think if the game had just like done what they were trying to do, hmm. in a way that hit, hit me, I, I don't know. Maybe because it maybe it wasn't written for someone like me. I don't know. But, um, well, yeah, and it so. is like when the game is going back and forth between tones, it's totally fair to say it's hard to like pick up on what tone it wants you to like feel at a certain moment. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think that's a more concise way of saying what I took me 10 minutes to say. Um, <laughs> um, uh, any other thoughts about the story writing? Let me see if there's anything else. Sure, uh, yeah, I think I hit everything I wanted to. Um, yeah. Um, that, that, that's Those are my thoughts on the story. Anybody else have anything else to say as far um, as... Um, I will say thank you, Rob, for, for letting me volunteer you because I wouldn't have been able to explain it like that. <laughs> I, I might be yeah. able to explain like the balder stuff because I was invested in maybe his storyline just because just personally me. But that's basically it. I would have been like, all right. And then we would have forgotten about I would have forgotten about half the plot. So honestly, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. Can help. yeah. OK. Um, 
we've been going long as we always do. Do we want to address, which I don't mind either way. Um, do we want to, and this can be, this whole question can be cut out or whatever. Um, do we want to talk about this game's like cultural impact? Um, it has a very, has sparked a lot of debate about its representation of women and feminism, things like that. Some people love it and champion it as like a badass representation. Other people are, don't, they think very much the opposite. Do we want to touch that? I mean, I, I, I mean, will, I will talk about it if we want to. I feel like I shouldn't really, I don't know. It's, I'm a, like, I had a pretty dude, so. interesting perspective on it um because i played the game with my fiance okay. and well let's, you know let's i went in thinking you know i went in thinking like yeah this is going to be hypersexualized. i know that there's a movement behind it like no it's not what you think like she's just she's comfortable with her sexuality it's not a selling mechanism it's part of the character um and maybe that's more apparent in the original game because I think a lot of that dialogue came from the first game. Um, but, you know, when I was playing it, I I didn't really feel that. I was like, eh, like, I can kind of see it. Uh, like, I'm not going to be offended by it, obviously. You know, straight white male, I'm like, whatever. You know, make the game you want to make. I'm not going to get offended about pretty much anything. Um, but was really un- what 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 I thought was unique was playing it with my fiance. Like she was pretty offended by the game. Like mm-hmm. she was got to several points where she was just like, "No, I don't want to watch this anymore. This is," she's like, "This is too over the top. This is like this. There's nothing here that screamed to her that was like promoting um fe- uh, feminism in like a positive light." And I thought that was kind of interesting. I. You know, um, for further context, you know, she does play games, um, but, you know, she does. She's not a gamer. You know, she's Mm -hmm. not like uh, on forums talking about Nintendo games. She likes to play Mario Kart every now and then. Um, But, you know, she was just sitting there and was just kind of like, yeah, I don't I don't see like she would hear the arguments. And, you know, she's like, I'm not I'm not seeing that in this. This is just over the top. And she's like, it's not a bad thing. She's like, but. She was pretty much just like, just call it what it is, you know, like, don't try to dress it up like this is supposed to be campy, ridiculous and over the top. But don't try to dress it up like, you know, don't try to spin a narrative that I she's like, this was made by men. Like, how are you going to tell a female story when it's made by men? Like, that was basically her takeaway at the end of it. Sure. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So what are some other thoughts? Yeah. So I kind of agree i'll save my thoughts for a little bit i want to i want to hear i i know that i know that she, rob and probably shiki and steve i i don't know about what your thoughts are i know there's gonna be a dissenting opinion on that and i do well, i just want to ask I wasn't the character designed by a female it was or yeah. yes it was ri- it was the game was made by a man who has some very problematic comments on 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 women um but the actual character design was a was a female yeah okay i, I honestly um, i am i i'm i know nothing to say i am a white male that is straight and i just you know that's yeah i i, I this is not my conversation so. <laughs> i think that's a very i think it's a fair take um yeah so so shiki or rob if one of you wants to provide your perspective i think that would be valuable oh yeah i have things to say if you want me to go shiki if you want to go you can go first (laughs) okay 
Um, so, like, I don't think Bayonetta makes a secret of the fact that there is a fan service component to it. The third game, the literally one of their marketing elements, which I think is kind of cringy, was the like naive angel mode where like you could, pl- if if your parents were around, it's <laughs> like their pitch. You could turn on naive angel oh, mode no. where it then like censors the game. So, um, you know, like it's not hiding the fact that it's fan servicey. What I think it does though, is that it handles fan service in a different way than a lot of games do. Um, the game that I like always compare this to in my head, and maybe this is not a fair comparison because uh, the, the game I compare it to in my head is lollipop chainsaw, which is the second most offensive game I've ever played. Um, <laughs> which, um but I think like Lollipop Chainsaw to me is an exemplar of a lot of things that you see in the game industry where like the way that it handles female characters is like they don't choose when to be sexy. The camera chooses when they're going to be sexy. Oh, you know? I know this series. I've watched a video about this. Yes. Yeah, sorry. Go. It, yeah. Lollipop Chainsaw, the series that James Gunn really wishes you would not know that he helped write. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but like, I think when you look at the way that a lot of games handle fan service, the way that they handle it is like the female characters who are being sexualized don't really have any, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Any agency in that. Whereas Bayonetta always feels like she has agency. There's never a moment where Bayonetta's doing something sexy and it feels like she wasn't trying to be, you know? And, like, I'm not saying that's anything super deep or whatever, and maybe I'm only saying, like, it's the lesser of two evils. Um, I guess I would say, as a sex positivist, I don't think that it is necessarily bad to have a fan service game. I do think you should be on the front and open about the fact that it's a game that has fan service, but I also don't think that Bayonetta is hiding that in any way, shape, or form. Um and I think, like, as a game that is going to be a fan service game, it handles that fan service a lot better than I think most other games in that world do. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, I think that's, uh, yeah. So, um, Chiki, do you have any thoughts on this aspect of it? I do have quite a bit just i just based on i guess like the concept of like because when i but before i heard about bayonetta it was like it was interesting to me because like um it's it's like i agree i I agree with the with zach on the point that i feel like it's really on one hand it's kind of weird i I don't think i'm not gonna say like i don't think that like you talking about like bayonetta is like oh like the feminist icon i feel like it's kind of weird to i guess it's i think that's when, I feel like that's like a really interesting, like a weird argument to say in the fact that like I don't think she's meant to be that way in the first place. But I honestly do, I really do think that like I feel like as someone who is more feminine leaning, I think and someone and then this could be this also I guess I do have like a as someone who's watched a lot of anime and like has played a bit of video games and has seen a lot of fan service. I guess it's like this could be like I guess like maybe an increased tolerance towards it. I don't know, or maybe like I guess like or I guess increased like I guess like desensitivity towards it. But I will say. That I feel like the way Bayonetta is designed, and like once again, like Rob said, I guess like the quote unquote agency that like Bayonetta has as a whole, I feel like it kind of lends itself to be a lot less like like when I look at Bayonetta, I don't I don't feel like I'm being disrespected in a way where it's like oh like it's kind of like she doesn't feel like she's made 
completely for the male gaze. And if she is, it's because, quote, well, she's a, she's a character technically, but like, so she can't really choose technically, but it's like she, quote unquote, is like choosing to be that object. But I feel also at the same time, it's like, I feel like for me, in order for a character to really kind of emphasize that is if like, that character also has some sort of like interesting like three dimensionality as like a character because when you look at i guess like when you look at it from like like a perspective of like i guess ma- like male protagonists who i guess either like i guess like the concept of like a male power fantasy where it's like where bannon i guess would be like a female power fantasy in that sense too where it's like you see the i guess like the way she kind of goes about reminds me of like things like that where i'm like if i'm watching a movie where like a male protagonist is just like doing badass things just to do badass things it kind of reminds me of that but in a sense where it's like it feels it doesn't feel disrespectful in a sense not like it's and not to say it's like it's purely non-disrespectful in some senses right it all depends on how you read it too but for me personally i think like it's the fact that she's interesting in a lot of senses but also she has that like sense of like agency towards she does towards what she says too yeah my take is kind of like you know like i see a lot of like the um the agency and like the the really the really big benefits of having that agency in a lot of you know like in as like someone who's more feminine but also i, I can definitely kind of see like the whole issue that people kind of see with the fact that like you know it's just like i think it's like uh, my overall take is that i personally lean towards the former but at the same time like viewing it as solely one like oh like this is the pinnacle of feminism versus like this is the worst thing for women in the 22nd 21st i don't know what century we're in whatever century we're in known to man so i think like honestly having like i guess like the fact that there isn't even is a discussion is like testament i guess like how much of an impact it's had but also i kind of i personally in the of the take that i do i do see a lot of the value in it and how empowering it can be but also definitely it's like i guess like the the context of where of who makes it and like but at the same time also the context is mixed too like it's kind of like a woman designed bayonetta but men made the game too so it's kind of like it's all like it's a mix of all that too and also it's like where it's made how it's made things like that so i think long story short um uh it was very, very wishy-washy. I think it's very, it's complicated, but I, I personally, I think it's complicated, but I personally like a lot of what it does, even mm-hmm. if I don't like some of what it does, doesn't, it does at times, but I do appreciate the parts of the parts that add agency to Bayonetta as a, as a character. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah and so, I mean, yeah, I think it's obviously a little bit gray. I was just saying that the vet developers, so it's a little bit gray. The developers definitely didn't design her with that in mind i don't think i mean like i said there were some quotes by the developer the main the head director guy. so before you go into that though figgy it should be noted that kamiya is a professional troll um and he will True. tweet things to specifically get a rise out of people That's so fine. a lot of his comments are probably either tongue-in-cheek or poking fun at like somebody or something like this is a dude that if you tweet at him in a language other than Japanese, he will block you. Yeah. So. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Well, that just kind of continues to emphasize that he's a dick. <laughs> that doesn't make him come out in a better light. But yeah, okay, that's fine. Yeah. Um, I also kind of heard that like he kind of it's like I guess like this probably is no excuse for what he does now. But I guess it's kind of like if like, if it's particularly if it's like if he's being a dick. But like I guess like I have heard that like previously on his times on Twitter, he ha- it actually hasn't been like nearly as like he hasn't been nearly as trolly. But like it definitely is like I guess the toll that Twitter and being on social media kind of takes yeah. on someone where they're kind of especially being in that in a pub like I guess like that just being like the and i guess I, from what i heard a lot of the uh reason why he even if you tweet him in english he'll just block you immediately is because of the comments that he got of people who were like american well not american i guess western uh, who speak english and i guess like they were would be pretty like 
save some pretty pretty nasty stuff to him and yeah so it's kind of like so i guess it's all that but at the same time you know it's like when you're kind of saying stuff you know it's like it's it's more of the fact that you're kind of saying it so yeah but it's yeah i guess okay i don't know like how much in evaluating this you want to factor in what like the fan culture around bayonetta is but i'm a part of like a lot of video game and anime subreddits and the bayonetta subreddit is actually one of the least like sexualized subreddits when i look at it like people post bayonetta fan art but it's actually it's it's honestly a lot more tasteful most of the time than a lot of anime and gaming subreddits um which I think shout speaks... out to the uh, Xenoblade Chronicles subreddit <laughs> with that sweet sweet rule um, thirty four. Oh, Which like I guess I would say I think that speaks to the fact that what and for me this is the same. What I what I love about Bayonetta has nothing to do with the sexiness of the character, and I think for most people who love her, that's not why you fall in love with her. There's a lot of anime and video game characters out there who are sexy. Bayonetta is one of them too, but there are things that make her stand out to me a lot from a lot of other characters. And I think that the people who fall in love with her as a character, like we love the, you know, the badassness of her, the style and elegance of her, um, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't think, I, I think you can talk about, I think you can talk about like flaws or intentions mm-hmm. or whatever of a piece without saying anything about the fans like this. I, I don't think, yeah, none, none of my thoughts on Bayonetta's depiction and how it relates to women or, or feminism or lack thereof or is indicative at all of the fans who enjoy her. I, I, I definitely don't think you don't need to come. I don't think the two need to be conflated. Sure. Um, The only thing that I, I, I don't want to say a whole ton about this just because, you know, straight white guys or whatever, like, whatever have opinions. My, um, Miranda, my wife, played a little bit of it with me as well. She thought it was also just kind of ridiculous that it's she, she whatever for whatever it's worth. I mean, I'm not going to hide behind her whatever, mm-hmm. but like she didn't think she didn't really get much from it as far as being like a badass feminist thing. Yeah. Um. I, I, the, the parts of, the parts that kind of I could see how people could take it that way. She's a powerful woman who's in charge all the time, and you know, and her sexuality is something that often she's in control of, and she uses it as part of her power move set or whatever. Um. And she seems to be loving it, enjoying it, enjoying herself. And if you get something from that, that's great. You can totally get something from that. Um. I don't think it was. I I kind of think that the things that kind of make me kind of bounce off of it and not think that that. That I don't see it in that way are one, the camera is a really big part of this game and the camera is often taken that she does not have agency over the camera and the camera straight up just like crotch shots and the straight up just like panning over her in a way that's like feels kind of exploitive um, and over the top. And I don't know, again, kind of made me just think like just like it does to me what fan service always does to me. It makes me roll my eyes. I'm like, mm. come on, Siri. Like, you don't need to do this. Like, that's my kind of way what fan service does to me in general. Um, and then also, like, I think the badassery of her, I just didn't resonate with her as a character. Like, I think if they had for me personally, if they had succeeded in making her a character where I was like, she's awesome. And she's also this badass woman who's in charge of her sexuality or whatever. Like. If they had succeeded in that for me, I, I think it would the argument that she's some kind of that I, I think the argument would not fall as flat for me. But as she is, like I, I kind of mentioned, alluded to earlier, I was just kind of like not really engrossed by her as a character personally. 
And so then when you take that and then combine it with the fan service element, it's just like, yeah, it's just more of this kind of like what to me kind of felt flat character. There's other characters in video games that do it better. I think, like, I think, I don't know, like I, the recent iterations of Tomb Raider, I've like thought Laura Croft was a fucking badass and I, I don't know, far be it for me to decide who people get to identify with. Like, that's, it's silly. If you think she's great, she's great. Um, Classier from the last disco Elysium, actually, mm-hmm. uh, there's a whole segment of like where Harry's internal monologue gets overridden because she's sexy and she's in pa- and she's powerful and in charge and she's also nuanced and interesting. And to me, Bayonetta felt, I don't know, I don't want to be too harsh on people who enjoy Bayonetta. I, I try not to be too harsh on the games we play because there's a lot of fun stuff, cool stuff here. But no, like I'm of the mind, you know, like what you like, you know, it's there's nothing wrong with it. Like, I don't find anything in it to be really all that offensive. I'm just just calling, you know, just like, yeah, you know, it's just like this is a game where obviously like one of the core themes is sexuality and that's okay. Yeah, it doesn't need to be perfectly okay. It sounds if I'm hearing you, you're saying like your point is that it doesn't need to be anything more or less. It just is. Yeah, 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 sure. It just is. And like, you know, that's like there we have chocolate and vanilla for a reason. Everybody likes different things and it's okay to like what you like. Just yeah, don't exactly. jack somebody else's yum. Yeah, exactly. Um I think I think yeah, I mean I think that's kinda like Yeah. I, I, I largely agree with that sentiment of just to me it is not trying to be a feminist I don't know. It just doesn't seem to me like it's trying to reach the heights of any kind of like poignant points about feminism or or whatever and it doesn't need to i mean if, i guess whatever. i would say but, i don't think it's trying to but i do think there are times where accidentally or at least in the eyes of people who love her it does um so i don't enough. know yeah and then no one needs to try to take that away or even re-emphasize that like it's just if you get that from it so be it um yeah and i think that's a fine place to be All right, let's do let's let's determine if this game is worthy of entering into the pantheon of goat games. Um I will uh roll a dice. Yeah, the uh, Oh yeah, Rob goes first. Usually. Rob goes first. Rob, yep. goes, yeah, Rob first. goes first. Gosh, I will never remember that for as long as I live. Um <laughs> All right. Rob, give um, us your thoughts on the game. Your, your final thoughts on the game. Yeah, this is one of my favorite games of all time. Of of course, this is a goat for me. Um, I absolutely love the way that it plays. It's so much fun every time I pick it up. I love the style of it. I love the music of it. And I love the character Bayonetta. Um, even if the story is a confusing garbled mess that I understand maybe 25% of, um, I'm more than happy to forgive that because to me, the rest of it is so much fun. Um, that, just like I'm just on board. So, nice. Yeah, it's a goat. Awesome. All right. I rolled a D2. I'm rolling dice to determine the order. And Cheeky, that makes you next on my screen. I count by it. So Cheeky, you go. Sounds good. Yeah, so I'm going to give this game... I'm definitely going to give this game a goat. It's one game that I've always come back to finding something new, which I feel like for me, my value in the game is like whether or not i can if i can come back to it and replay it and the replay if i want to go back to it and replay it 
the once again like the gameplay is something that is like it's accessible for people who kind of want to be able to just like pick up a game and play but it's also you can get dive deeper and deeper and get into things like into so many different combos and strategies that you wouldn't really expect to but it kind of gives you a clear sense of accomplishment when you do that um i also am of the agreement that the story is kind of wild but i kind of like the complicated wildness of the story i think it's kind of it's it's funny it kind of adds a lot to like the hilarity of it where something will happen and it just kind of makes it more absurd i honestly think that is honestly for me it's honestly a charm point and i feel like overall it's just something that it's the perfect way to start and end every holiday season and (laughs) 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 it's the it's the perfect way other than cookies and milk and eggnog and honestly i feel like i will keep playing it every year just because it's just such a fun game that i love going back to but yeah i think it's a goat awesome (laughs) great um i rolled steve you're up next oh okay um i think i'm gonna be the debbie downer of this (laughs) of this love train here so far I do like the game. Don't get me wrong. I, I, okay, so like 14-year-old Steve, when I first played Bayonetta, I wasn't into it. Um, I played the entire game, and I do say I liked it more than 14-year-old Steve when I played that demo. Um, but I don't think I loved it. And I, I do think it's good. I don't think it's great, and I don't think it's a GOAT. Um, I think, you know... And, like, uh, the reason I played the game, well, back in the day, the demo was because, like, my dad was like, oh, it's it's kind of like God of War. So, like, I, I, I wish I played God of War, the, like, the, the PS1 one again, because it's like, well, why do I like that game so much more than I like um, th- this Bayonetta series so far? And I think a lot of it is the plot and the character. Um, The plot is just so... <laughs> it's just it's just a mess and i just cannot fall in love with the bayonetta character either i mean i do respect what she is and everything um but in terms of like an an emotional like goal and everything like you know in in the original god of war it's like oh you're kratos and you're like wiping out the gods of olympus and you're trying to get your revenge and blah 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 um but in this it's just i don't know it just doesn't stick with me like it does with God of War, um, I just, uh, you know, I, I, for the people that know me, I, I don't, I don't do anime. I don't do, you know, Japanese, you know, dancing and stuff like that. that I just, I don't know. I just can't get into that stuff. Um, so, you know, it kind of had a fair or an unfair um, uh, leg, like right off the bat here, you know, going into it. I did give it a fair chance. I do like the game. I would recommend the game if you could find it for $25 or something. Um, but that being said, I couldn't give it a go. Okay. All right. Um, I will go next because I think I've kind of tipped my hand a little bit talking about it. And I actually don't know where Zach lands. So in case there's a, just the way I want it, <laughs> yeah, in case there's some dramatic, to hopefully maybe create a little bit of dramatic tension or I'll just edit our opinions in an order that feels more dramatically interesting um i will go okay so i'll go um i yeah i'll be frank i will not only not i'm cheeky i'm really sorry that you're coming on an episode of a game where i'm gonna uh, of an episode where i'm gonna be kind of like a debbie downer 
I really hope you decide to come back and that you have fun because I'm about to be very mean to Bayonetta. I'm not going to be mean <laughs> to Bayonetta, but I'm, 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 I did not enjoy Bayonetta. Um, I will go so far as to say, um, not only did I, would I not give it a go, I just didn't really have fun playing this game. And I don't want to be super like it had elements that were really cool. Like I said, the visuals were awesome. The music had some fun, had some fun aspects to it, but I found myself having to kind of make myself play this game. Um, and unlike other games, like like I, I think about Earthbound, which I also did not give a goat. But Earthbound, it's like I had this feeling, this underlying feeling where I really wanted to love the game of Earthbound, but it just didn't click with me. And with Bayonetta, personally, I just did not. I found that the, to me, it just, and I, if this is too mean, I'll edit this out. It's nothing about <laughs> against the people who would like this game, but I'll edit this out. But to me, what this game felt like from the start to finish was it felt like a game made by 14 year olds for like, like for 14 year olds. Like it felt like, or even like, it felt like when you're a kid and you have action figures and you just go like, yeah, like, and you just ram them against each other. That's the feeling this game evoked for me of like, it was bombastic. It was huge. It was visually stunning. And then that was it. Like, it was just like uh, the combat didn't pull me in very much. Um, I found the characters to not be very engaging, arguably maybe even like kind of flat. I, which is the story didn't make a whole ton of sense to me. Um, if you, and, and so like, it just didn't click with me at all. And I will sadly not be able to give it a goat. Um, nothing against people who do enjoy it. Cause I know, like Shiki, two people here I know. Zach is a mystery. Um, Shiki, <laughs> you're a wonderful person. Rob, you're a wonderful person, and your opinions are great, and you have wonderful, insightful thoughts. It's okay thoughts. to not like it, Ficky. It's fine. I know. <laughs> I just, I, okay, fine. I don't think they're taking it personally. No, I just want to say I I'm, really did not like this game. That's what I'm getting at. Is that this is? The I mean, the fact that least you didn't fun experience I've had the on game <laughs> kind of speaks for itself. What, what did you say? That you didn't even finish the game. Well, like I also didn't finish Earthbound, but that, that's kind of. But the, you also didn't kind of, like well, Earthbound's also There's forty hours there. long, and this game is like six, so <laughs> seven. And so, um, I really, yep, nope, I, I did not, nope. Zach, <laughs> you're up. <laughs> okay, um, so, um, you know, kind of building off of what Steve's go, you know, Steve said, you know, he's not into anime, he's not really into that. I am, like, I'm the kind of guy, like, uh. It took me a while, but I finally got my girlfriend slash fiance now um, to, you know, watch anime with me and we're starting to find stuff she likes. So I'm used to the extreme over the top campiness that comes with Japanese media. That's not something that bothers me. But to like Shiki's point, like I'm probably so desensitized to it from because I've been watching anime since the early 90s. Um, you know, i I'm probably not the person to talk to. It's like when Figgy and I talked about fan service, like to me, I'm just like, what's the big deal? And I think I'm just not able to see his point of view because I'm just so deep in it that I don't have the perspective of someone that's outside of that sphere anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, But not to, not to drive Figgy crazy. There's, there's a sports analogy that I would use (laughs) uh, for Bayonetta. (laughs) In a lot of sports you have, you have the hall of fame. Where, you know, the best things of all time, the greatest athletes, they go in the Hall of Fame. But there's also what is referred to as the Hall of Very Good for things that are uh, players that are right on that cusp. Like there's just one or two things that's not there. 
that's keeping them uh, out of the hall. And that's where Bayonetta uh, landed for me. Um, I enjoyed the game. Um, I thought it was a very, very good game. But I can't say that it is one of the greatest games I've ever played. I can't even say it's like one of the greatest beat-em-ups I've ever played. Like, I would put Devil May Cry above it. I would put um, pretty much any God of War above it. And that just boils down to things like the menus are confusing. Um, You know, the menus are confusing. Uh, It felt kind of half-baked at points, too, for me. Like, it it was kind of a weird design choice. And maybe Steve and Shiki and Rob can speak to it. But, like, the cutscenes, it was either, like, a coin flip if it was going to be an actual cutscene or if it was mm. just going to be the characters standing there oh yeah with that was like weird. their hair fl- their hair flowing but their mouths not moving i think that would, um so i yeah they did that in the first game i think it was a budgetary measure there but then they kept it as a style sure as a style so choice um, for the second. i didn't want to like like i didn't want to dock it without having fully played the first game um and because it's like oh it could just be a design choice but like taking it as it's as its own, like just playing this game, I was just kind of like, that seems really half baked. Like that screams, we don't have money, which is probably true looking into the development of the game. Um, But like, it's like for everything it does that I love, there's just something that leaves me scratching my head. Um, And, you know, like I said, like I enjoyed the game. Um, I just, I can't say that it's one of the greatest games I've ever played. Um, like it may, it's a game that makes me wish we had like a, you're almost there, uh, type rating. Cause I don't feel it's fair to say that it's overrated. I just think it's rated. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think by making it the conceit of this podcast is that we don't play games that aren't like at least somewhat good mm-hmm. or okay. Or like, I mean, every game we play is beloved, you know? Yeah. So I, I think the, the being on this being on this podcast alone is prestigious okay so every so um you know yeah it, i mean it's long been considered like a cult classic of video gaming and i think that's like part of yeah. the things with cult classics is like yeah they don't reach mainstream much, for a reason um right. for the people they f- i think with. for a lot of people like they're gonna look at the box art and that's it they will never read the back they're never gonna go watch a video sure. on youtube they're just going to see, you know, like the um, Bayonetta 2, they're just going to see her ass in the middle of the poster doing a sexy pose in front of the moon with guns on her heels. Like, going, what the hell is this? Like, nah. A pose that is humanly impossible. One thing I didn't mention <laughs> is that while, while I was streaming me with my wife playing this game, um, I think the ultimate goal of Bayonetta is to find a back brace because her back <laughs> is at like a borderline 90 degree angle in the middle. It the woman needs a doctor like she needs an orthopedist she's a spine surgeon because good lord anyway um okay so i think shiki i am so sorry you came in on the one episode that where the game did not make goat status oh. i don't even have a sound effect for that i don't even know oh, what i'm gonna do hey you oh, can't no, do see, Fiki, as a, as a episode. sonic fan Oh shit! Say less. I like I I like live for this. I like live for this. <laughs> you I, live for I, this. I, You're I, a masochist. You love to be have have your shit hated on. <laughs> I just I think it's like because I, I think it's cool because like I have like I love hearing like the I think it's actually really cool that like because when I was listening to the episode, it's cool. I like I'm wondering what would happen. Like I want to hear and I had a I kind of had a feeling too, but I think it's so cool that like it's like it's like 
the perspectives that we have are so different too and i honestly it's like yeah. i think this has been fantastic it's, it's fantastic i feel like just hearing like such different opinions on a game that i love particularly but like hearing the different perspectives because it kind of makes you think about things differently too so i feel like and it kind of keeps you it keeps you thinking about it for a while too and i feel like it's nice to kind of have those different perspectives so i i i love this i love even if it i do not mind at all <laughs> well we've loved having you on we um, didn't even pay her to say that either I know. Well, I didn't hear much. I mean, of course. <laughs> well, at least I did it. Maybe yeah. somebody else did. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but we've loved having you. Thank you for being mm-hmm. here, Shiki. Yes. Um, of course. Let's go ahead and end this thing because some. We're, well, part of the recording length was also Rob's thing. Mm-hmm. So, but let's go ahead and end this bad boy. So, unfortunately, Bayonetta did not rise to the ranks of Goat. Still a good game, beloved by many. You should go play it. We always recommend playing the release of whatever we cover on the podcast. Um, but unfortunately, R.I.P. If I mean, go play it while you can. Once once they get a hold of this episode and hear that it did not make goat, it will no longer be sold on the shelves. It will be erased from history. So play it while you can, dear sweet baby listener. Um, the funny thing is that actually happened with a platinum game. Oh really? Wow. Yeah, uh, Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. Um, there is a, a oh. Mac OS X uh, OS ten port um, that is no longer playable because the company that ported it went out of business and it, they left some DRM on it. Oh my god, <laughs> that's funny. Um, dear sweet baby listener, uh, if you are please, uh, so let's get some of our let's get the housekeeping stuff out of the way. First of all, please like and subscribe to whatever. Um, podcast service you listen to um if you use apple if you use apple podcast please leave a review for our podcasts if you liked it and if you didn't like it go lie it's for a good cause um make sure you follow us on our social medias we still have a twitter if twitter continues to exist um <laughs> in the near future uh, but right now we do we have a we have a game we have an email go uh, so on twitter we are at goat games pod our email is goat um gamespodcast at gmail.com um we have a facebook and stuff too um and you please follow and like the individual people who i will now introduce my name is alan newton i am a go by figgio you can find me at twitch.tv backslash figgy underscore o i am joined today by rob uh rob super captain rob both on twitch and also on twitter again i stream tuesdays through thursdays starting at 5 30 central standard time and saturdays starting at 3 central standard time um i'm also if you're interested actively in the early stages of working on a soda milk tier list so if that sounds like an interesting thing to you come hang out i would love to say hi soda milk mm-hmm. we tried a uh, pepsi milk on my stream and i ended up really liking it so now i want to try all the other sodas and milk is that where you just combine pepsi and milk yep <laughs> wow ready for the manta. Right. um we're also joined by steve yep my name is steve uh you can find me on twitch.tv slash steve for cheese uh i re- decided to record this episode instead of watching a football game so you're welcome Appreciate your sacrifice. <laughs> yeah, for real. Don't check the score. <laughs> um, we're joined by Zach. Oh, uh, yeah, Zach. Uh, Zach Attacks Games. Zach with a H on Twitch. Um, I do plan on streaming again. I just don't know when because my life is chaotic, but I do miss it. Um, don't think I have abandoned you. 
too late. The damage has been done. Um, oh, hell yeah, dude. The last time I streamed, <laughs> negative five people showed up, and one person showed up just to be like, I'm unsubbing. I hate you. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, jeez. I was like, damn, bro. I'm sorry. I have real life obligations. I don't get paid to do this. Damn, dude. I'm sorry that happened. can tell that person um, I'm unsubbing oh, from them. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Okay, well, after that tragic <laughs> story, uh, she and I'm and we have our very special guest joining us in Shiki. Yep, I'm Shiki's Khakis. Uh, Shiki's S H I K I S K H A K I S. I hope I spelled that right. Um, I think you, you did. Find, oh, thank goodness. <laughs> you can find me on uh, twitch.tv slash Shiki's Khakis. Um, I stream consistently on Saturday mornings, EST. Um, and Friday and Monday evening, so that may change, but hope to see you there if you so choose to be there. Uh, but thank you again, guys, for having me too, as well. I wanted to say that. Thank, thank you, you for, for being, being here. here. Thank you for yeah, not thanks for putting us. up with us. Oh, no, I love, I love talking to you. Y'all, y'all are the best. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. Um, also, I didn't say we are produced in association with the network. Uh, you can find us on BICBP-radio.com and other fine podcasting shows there as well all right everybody that's it until next time ggs do we want to mention our next game uh oh do we have a next game Ooh. next time yeah. we are playing donkey kong country oh shit that's right oh, yeah oh, i'll be beating it today no safe oh, states. Shit. I forgot about no, that. No, fuck Wait. that. Safe states all the way down. <laughs> yeah, I realized I'm on the final boss. I didn't realize this oh, last Rob, stream. Rob, you used but... a safe state. You're lying. No. I, was, I have informants that told no, me you used no, no, a safe no, no. state. Okay, so that oh, day, that day, uh-huh. DB messaged you because we got to the end of a stream and I lost all of my progress from dying and was like, I don't know if I can do this without save stating. I think I have to. But the next stream I came back, I loaded from the normal load, not from a save state, and we beat it from there. You can hit DB up. DB, your informant, you can hit him up. That is true. (laughs) Cheeky, you watch my streams. Have I loaded from a save state? You have not once. You've created them as just, I feel like, honestly, they feel like taunts now. I feel like Mm -hmm. they, they're not, you've never used one. And honestly, yeah, you've never used one since then, and I don't think you'll be using one any, any one time now. Yeah. Thank you. Well, that sounds like a bad use of your precious time on Earth, Rob. <laughs> so uh, you can do it, whatever you want to do. Um, I will be safe stating. Not constantly. if you're playing with me, buddy. No, that's fair. Oh, that's right. You're going that's nowhere. <laughs> um, you're in the danger zone with me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, for real this time, GG. holidays what did everyone get for christmas or krimbus or, or hanukkah or or uh, or if you don't celebrate maybe someone just handed you something on the street what did what did you guys get i got something very special from one of my viewers um i what did, did a drunk get, christmas Ron? stream figgy do you trust me oh no enough oh to type gosh. a domain into your um <laughs> into your browser without questioning what this domain is 
Do you, yeah. do you trust Wait, me do enough? Do you have access to my computer? Or are you doing the <laughs> I typing? Because that's, that's the level of trust that I did not consent to. But I will, if you want, do I will you, type a domain. Do you trust browser. me enough to visit a website? Pornjiz.biz. Oranges? Pornjiz. Dot B-I-Z. Oranges. Oh, I, I do remember seeing... I don't think I saw the stream, but I do remember seeing this, I think, on your Discord. <laughs> I have merch with this now. Oh, that's awesome. It's so good. Oh, like, no. <laughs> Wait, hold on. I, I, I typed it into Google, and it just brought me to Pornhub. Wait. <laughs> you gotta, how did it do that? <laughs> Pornjiz. B-I-Z or B-I-Z? B-I-Z. Yeah. Oh, I did two Zs. That was my problem. <laughs> I'm not even attempting it. I, I want nothing to do with this. <laughs> oh, it brought me to your stream. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> we did a, uh, a drunk Christmas stream, and one of my viewers registered that domain for me and set it to redirect to my stream. Wow. So, That's amazing. It was That's a special incredible. gift, yeah. It even has auto-renewal. Yep. <laughs> it's in perpetuity. <laughs> Porn juice dot <laughs> <laughs> You better put that on oh, like a business amazing. card. Oh, I, yeah. I'm selling t-shirts with it. You, you can buy that on a t-shirt. I got it or on a doormat or a shower curtain. A doormat. <laughs> it is extremely bold of you to assume that anyone would walk around uh, in the street with pornjiz.biz uh, just like, emblazoned the on their chest or back. There you go. Yeah. You could buy it on a mug. Oh. Ooh. Now a mug might be more reasonable. Mm-hmm. Um, fill it up with just like milk, oh. just this white white goo. Oh. Yeah, in, in your pornjiz.biz mug. Um, Guys, we have a guest today. Okay. We need to be on our best behavior. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, you need no, tie in breakfast cereal. You need to call it porn O's. Porn O's. Oh porn O's. God, that one's free. That's sitting already. I pour a cup of morning brown in my pornjiz.biz mug, and I pour a, a deep bowl, a deep, thick bowl of porno, por, pornos, pornios? Porn oh, pornos. Dash oh, I just got the joke. I just got the wordplay. Pornos. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and I guzzle it all down, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, and I start my day with a wholesome You just got to let the bowl rest on your lips. Right. Yep. Can't That's forget right. the whole milk. <laughs> yeah. I think after this, we should all go to church together. <laughs> and then we go to church. Yeah. And then we go to church. And um, I think we all need some and... Jesus in our life after this conversation. Oh, yeah. I, sure, yeah. I love this That's angle true. from you, Steve. I love this, like, you know what? Oh, this God, conversation converted far. me. <laughs> yeah. Today's the day that Steve. I saw the enough. dark side and I know where I need to turn. <laughs> awesome. Great. All right. Well, I have to pee. Of course. <laughs> so let's take the mandatory pee break. Steve, you're not going to leave me, are you? This is our time to talk about sports. No, I'm not going anywhere. I you know. can just soliloquy about sports. Week? You can monologue to the audience about sports if you'd like. But I'm going to go pee, and um, I will be back. Yep. And then, oh, sorry. So, Shiki, this happens all the time. There's always a pee break in the middle. So, a few of them have made it into the episode, but... um. I have a bladder of the size of a thimble, and I'm also very nervous, so I always pee in the middle of the episode. Sometimes I pee in my chair in the episode, but I'm going to go to the toilet. I'll be back. <laughs> What's wild, though, is that when we go to the bar, 
He never goes to no pee. No one else? Really? Everyone's he never pees when we go to the bar. <laughs> <laughs> we, have, we have the bl the iron bladders, the three of oh, us. Oh, yeah. Did, it, <laughs> did anyone else go pee? I How do you all have such large bladders? Um, Training. Rob did. Training. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I just realized I don't have a drink. I got oh, I got to refill my pee, my pee oh, meter. One second. My... <laughs> <laughs> it's like that Mega Man E-meter. Oh, it's an E-tank, isn't it? Never oh, mind. yeah, the E-tank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we're just I mean, like, it, it works like... either way. He's got to refill the E-tank. But the P-tank. So that mean when he gets hit, like, he... Never mind. <laughs> yeah, he, he he urinates himself when he gets oh, okay. hit. Okay, okay, that makes sense. Actually, or if you yeah. tickle him, he pees himself too. <laughs> Sorry, guys, I gotta keep my lips wet and my bladder dry. Let's go. <laughs> okay, so is everyone ready? Born I'm ready. ready. Everyone back. Born Get back ready. into your character, the persona that you put to the world. That's nothing like your real self. Just me. Okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now that right, Figgy's back, talk... uh, Steve, did you see that the Bengals are very upset about <laughs> the coin flip? <laughs> Fuck you, you piece of shit! I did. Fuck I actually you. just got that notification no. that they're pissed no, about no, these playoffs. They actually did I'm get the screwed. the loudest person they in this fucking podcast. I'll just keep shouting louder and louder so you can't hear each other. <laughs> I do that every time. Unleashed. <laughs> Never know what I'm gonna pull hey, out of here. Y'all really, have more props than I do. I realize I need more props. Um, um, speaking of visual props, let's talk about the visuals of Bayonetta. That is a segue. Hell yeah. Segway is my middle name, baby. Because it segues between my first and last name. 